In America, there's a burglary every 11 seconds. An armed robbery every 65 seconds. A violent crime every 25 seconds. A murder every 24 minutes. And 250 rapes a day. Welcome back to another episode of The Action Return, episode number 10. It's Brian, and of course, always with me is Nez. What's up, Nez? Yo, man, what's going on? Uh, we just got through all six uh, films of Mission Impossible. Thank you all for listening, and kind of Tom cruised out uh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> so good to get something else in uh, because I was just Tom Cruise was on the brain constantly (laughs) oh man Uh, I fell down the hole of watching all the uh, the extras on everything I was like damn alright I'm good Uh, no no Tom Cruise movies for a while or at least until Top Gun comes up when does that come out Uh, which one Top Gun uh, Maverick or whatever uh, I know they pushed it to next year, so I don't know exactly. I think uh, late next year. All right. Well, it's good to uh, do all those. Uh, got those out of the way for all you guys. So thank you again uh, for listening and on to uh, something new. So uh, what do we got? Uh, first up, we are going to talk about is 1986's Cobra. So what do you do to the last? Look for trouble. Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. Captain Luck, I don't want to be a hero. I just want to get involved, all right? It's also breeding a new kind of cop. You're a disease, and I'm the cure. Stallone is Cobra. Rated R. Opens Memorial Day weekend. A uh, quick synopsis, uh, a tough on crime, is that what the hell does that mean? A tough on crime street cop must protect the only surviving witness to a strange murderous cult with far reaching plans. This stars uh, Sylvester Stallone, Brigitte Nielsen, Rennie Santoni, and Brian Thompson, and many others. This is directed by George P. Cosmatos, if I said that wrong. I apologize. Uh, he has worked on Rambo First Blood 2 and Tombstone. Uh, the screenplay is based off of uh, something uh, Stallone had written himself. I thought it was based off uh, a novel, Fair Game. Uh, this is what I got off of. Uh, <laughs> he might have, I think it originally was based off something else, but I think he took it and made it his own. Cause you know, you know, Stallone's got to get a writing credit off of everything. Did you ever see that movie fair game? I think that's what it was called with, uh, was it Billy Baldwin and Cindy Crawford? Uh, I think that's what it, it was. It's been years. It, I probably ain't seen it since the nineties. I saw it because everyone said Cindy Crawford got naked, and I heard it was a body double, so I felt cheated. 
film. <laughs> I again, yeah, I don't. I could see the poster, but I don't. I don't remember that movie at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's been wow. When did you uh, first see this one? Um, I probably saw this when I was a kid. Uh, probably. Um, I'm I'm the youngest one. I'm, well, other than Phil, I'm one of the youngest one on, on the team here. So I was probably like 11, 12, because uh, my pops introduced me to a lot of action flicks. And if if I liked this movie with Stallone in it, he he would like he would tell me, oh, I try this one, try that one. And uh, I probably saw Cobra when I was real young, and it. What fascinated me about Cobra because it wasn't just an action flick. It was it was kind of a it was a kind of a horror slasher because of the 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 cult in it. So that that kind of drew me more to it as uh, being one of my uh, this is one of my uh, favorite uh, not the favorite but one of my favorite Stallone movies. Did you see this on cable or did you see it in the theater? Uh, most likely cable. All right. Well, I'm uh, the second oldest guy uh, on the crew, right after Lance. Um, I saw this in in the theater. I know Mike and I went and seen it, uh, but I can't remember exactly who I saw with first. I know me and Mike saw it again later after uh, it hit, but I remember seeing it the opening weekend. Um, at this time, we already knew who Stallone was because of of the Rocky films and mm-hmm. uh, Death Race two thousand uh, when he was what uh, Machine Gun Joe for Turbo or whatever his name was in that. Uh, so we knew who Stallone was. So they, uh, yeah, like like you, uh, my dad's the one that introduced me to him, mainly de- uh, dealing with Rocky, and uh, so I was like, oh, yeah. So, but yeah, First Blood and all that was already hitting already. So he was already uh, deep into uh, being an action star. So we went and seen this. I remember uh, going to school and seeing uh, the poster, uh, standing at going Friday night, Friday morning when I was standing at the bus stop. The bus stop was right in front of our movie theater. And I remember looking at the poster, talking about it with my buddy. And we both kind of went, hey, man, they like ripped off Terminator uh, with this poster because. Terminator was like I don't wouldn't say I don't want to say the first, but it was for me it was like the first time I saw a gun with like laser sighting uh on his <laughs> pistol. So we were like, oh man. I mean there was a lot of ripoff uh after Terminator did that poster. There might have been some before, so maybe Terminator ripped off someone else. But I remember there was a lot of films that whoever the star was was always holding a gun uh on their poster, so uh i always thought this poster was cool i remember mike had it uh on his uh in his room on the door i actually had to go pick this up last night um i had it uh i have it on no dvd so i was like oh man i didn't want to go dig through all my dvds to try to find it so uh luckily i was at walmart and there it was i was like oh sweet so i picked Mm -hmm. up the uh the shout factory scream factory whatever it is so uh, I didn't really dabble into too much of the um, the special features, except for one uh, that dealing with Brian Thompson. He is he's getting old, like we all are. But um, he's <laughs> he's been in a ton of stuff, man. I mean, yeah. this uh, this was probably the first film that I had seen him in, and then realizing who he was. I remember him in Three Amigos. 
Uh, he was also in Terminator in the very beginning. He was one of the punk rockers with Bill Paxton. Uh, I believe he was the one that got his like spine or something ripped out. Um, I remember he was in Alien Nation, that movie with James Caan. Uh, he, he was, was in that horrible Mortal Kombat too. Uh, we'll do Mortal Kombat. I don't know about the second one, <laughs> unless we just have to. But um, yeah, and geez, he he's appeared in a ton of things. Because he's got that face, like, whoa, that's a guy from Cobra. That's the first mm-hmm. thing uh, that comes to your mind. Oh, he was also uh, was a Buffalo Bob in uh, uh, Joe Dirt when uh, he was looking for his parents. And then he ended, oh, yeah. <laughs> he ended, up, <laughs> ended up in that little well. So, But, yeah, this guy's had a big career. And, uh, yeah, like I said, when you see Brian Thompson on screen in anything, you just – Immediately, immediately go to uh, Cobra when he's the Night Slasher. Uh, Stallone, yeah, you gotta love him. Marion Cobretti, he's awesome. Uh, Rennie Santoni, he played Gonzalez. He's in, appeared in a ton of films. I want to say he was in a couple of the, or one of the Dirty Harry films. Uh, I remember him in that one Sean Penn film, uh, Bad Boys. Did you ever see that one? Oh, yeah. With. Yeah. Uh... What's his name? Clancy Brown? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> uh, what was it? Oh, he was Viking in that one. And I remember the black guy with him was Tweety. Is that on Blu-ray? I wonder if it is. I don't know. I just If I don't have it. So, I know I got it on uh, DVD. But Brigitte Nielsen. Uh, yeah, she was hot and everything. But this go around watching it, I'm sure a lot of you have already realize it but i just kind of realized she cannot act <laughs> no she can't is is this when they got together in real life her and stallone uh was this before rocky four or after uh let me check because i remember they had uh, were they married or were just dating yeah they were married uh for a while i want to say they met in rocky four but i'm not sure rocky four came out uh, the year before Okay, so that, that's probably uh, where wow, she's in this. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I thought she was hot and everything, and uh, and then she just started popping up in all kinds of things. Red Sonia, I saw that, but I don't really remember it at all. I just oh, we 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 got to review that one. <laughs> yeah, I remember Arnold was in it, but I don't even remember the storyline at all. <laughs> so, but. Uh, again, you see a lot of people uh, in this that that also have been in a ton of uh, other films. Uh, when we get to the next film, there that was just full of eighties. Oh yeah, if if you, they, it was full of like I don't know their names, but I've seen them all through the eighties and nineties actors throughout that movie. Yeah, um, yeah, I got so much more to say about that film. I'll save it till <laughs> we get there. Uh, but on the real, everyone, I could not wait to do this episode. I just, I don't know why, but um, I love doing every the the first nine episodes we've done. This has been awesome doing the show, Brian and I. But this one, I, I just couldn't wait. I mean, watching this uh, this morning and just laughing and just remembering uh, of when I saw this in the theater, and uh, it's just this is just pure '80s goodness. Um, the story isn't really that that big of a deal. I mean, it's just Stallone's this tough uh, balls to the walls cop, and it, there's this uh, serial killer going around, 
And uh, Stallone, uh, his character, uh, Cabretti, he's like, there's there's more than just one because everyone thinks it's just one killer. Well, all the, the cops uh, mm-hmm. in this. And so, because, but he finds out later on that there's, uh, well, he always thought that there was more, but then he, once everyone started coming after him. But uh, the beginning scene, we got at a uh, supermarket, we got uh, Marco Rodriguez. He's uh, the, the, they just call him supermarket killer. He's the guy on the motorcycle that just wakes up hating the world and then just rolls into this uh, supermarket. I think it was like the King Market or something like that. And, just starts uh, blasting everyone for for no reason. Quick question before we dive into this one: the only problem I have with this, oh, uh, Brigitte Nielsen just can't act, but she's good to look at. Um, the the new order or whatever they were calling themselves, this killer cult. Mm-hmm. Did you want more explanation from that because of the little quick scenes we see at the beginning and then uh, a few throughout? These guys with the the hatches and the, the the axes clinging them together. Yeah, I definitely wanted more of that because if you if you go back and look, uh, there's like regular like guys with shirts and ties like clanging you know hatches together. So this kind of tells you they they have members that are walking around in everyday ordinary jobs. And that, that, that always intrigued me on to see how big this organization was, is, or this cult, not organization, but cult. And, um, I, that's why I always kind of wanted a sequel to this one. So did I, because I remember, yeah, like you said, you see guys with business suits. I mean, everyday white collar workers or whatever you want to call them. But then you see all the other guys, just the, the biker-looking dudes and, and all that. So I assume the guys in the suits were the ones that were running the show, but we just never got to know who they were and why they were doing what they were doing other than they wanted to uh, uh, create a new world. Because um, the the first guy, Marco Rodriguez, the supermarket killer, I, mean, I, I, just, I like that guy. He's, a, he's another dude that you see. And he's been in like a billion movies, so I mean, mm-hmm. he's got that face. Oh, that's that one guy. Same thing. That's that guy from Cobra. And uh, <laughs> it's it's just you get all these people in there. So, but uh, it was it was good, man. I liked what was happening in it. The action was just good eighties action. Um, you never run out of bullets. Uh, your cars are indestructible unless they flip over. <laughs> so. Uh, I loved all that. I, it sucks that they just trashed uh, Cobra's car. I'm not a car guy, so I don't really know what kind of car that was. But um, if you guys have seen this film, you know how just rough and tough it looked. Uh, so, but yeah, you get this guy that just don't know why he just goes into this uh, supermarket and just starts shooting up uh, things and then uh, taking people hostage. Um. Watching it this time, I was just looking at all the product placement. Pepsi, Coors, and all the other just snacks and everything. And you know what? I've seen this movie a million times, but I just realized that this whole film took place in December because it was right before Christmas. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just must have never noticed it uh, <laughs> because also they show a, uh, a Toys R Us uh, Christmas commercial. 
I remember that clearly. So is is this a Christmas movie? Um, I guess we can say it. Is. Well, a holiday movie. It's uh, during Christmas time. Okay, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'll go with it. <laughs> but what did you think of the the killer guy, the little the supermarket biker guy in the beginning? Oh, I loved it. I love this whole scene. You know, it it just it kind of just. You know, you you felt the tension throughout this whole scene. You know, you didn't understand what he was really doing there. You know, he had the little explosive with him. And um, I remember just being as a little kid, I was shocked at the one scene where he tells the one guy he can go. But then he shoots him in the back as he's leaving. And I was just blown away by that. And then just how the scene finishes with Stallone, which first, you know, they, 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 you know, they got to call the Cobra. They got to bring them in from this. What was it? The, the zombie squad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need more. Like, what is this zombie squad? Are there more guys like Cobra? Cause I, I need, I need that movie too. And just, you know, and then you got the one asshole cop that just don't want to work with him at all. And, um, yeah. And this is the conclusion of the scene. You get that, um, not even the conclusion. You get that one line of uh, "You're the disease, and I'm the cure." I love that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the asshole. They're like with all these movies. There's always one asshole cop that uh, star, and that's uh, Andrew Robinson. That's the actor's name. You guys remember him as Larry Cotton from Hellraiser? Uh, but for me, I remember him as the Scorpion from uh, Dirty Harry. And uh, mm. plus, he's been in a ton of other things but um and we also got art lafleur uh, you guys might remember him as uh babe ruth in uh sandlot so <laughs> that every minute no matter everything i've seen him in even way before i've seen sandlot when i see him on the screen i just think uh babe ruth so um but yeah man that 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 whole scene was uh intense i mean especially like you said uh when he told that guy he goes he goes you can go you're free and then he just like just barely walks along and then you see him put bring his shotgun down then he pumps it and then that guy just says fuck it and just starts running <laughs> the whole scene's in slow motion i remember like sitting there even watching it this time you're like you know we we know he gets shot but you still like you that little bit of hope that he can get away this time uh but uh, i was like man i was thinking he should have just dove and just slid um i'm not that i mean i've shot guns and i've shot shotguns i don't know how far uh that blast has gone especially it was a sawed off shotgun as well so uh, yeah i know the 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 little the little buck shots or whatever just it spreads so mm-hmm. um i don't know i mean it, it seemed like it because he pumped in two of them when one first one hit him in the back and then he uh, when he slammed into the aisle and pumped another one into him before he fell into the christmas tree so but yeah that was pretty ruthless man that was that was tough but i mean i just love once uh stallone shows up um they you better call the cobra and then boom, here he comes just flying <laughs> in <laughs> i want to know how much time went by before he even got there because he got there pretty quick and he goes in and starts uh just well what's going on and that's when they tell him that's ah, just some asshole that woke up hating the world and then he rolls in there and starts uh, looking around. I love when he gets on the, lou- the little loudspeaker. Hey, dirtbag, <laughs> you're a lousy shot. I don't like lousy shots. And then you get that old 
speech and uh yeah this is i'm a soldier i'm a hunter this is uh the way of the new world and whatever his little rhetoric he was spitting out but uh i just it was cool man and it was it got more intense because he had hostages it looked like it was a girl and another a couple girls sitting there and sticks that shotgun in her neck hey i'm gonna kill her and I got a bomb here, and he's just little that little makeshift uh, little pipe bomb he had, but hey, it'll, it'll still do his damage. It blew him up and those two girls. But uh, I loved how Stallone just comes just <laughs> flying in. I don't know how he got into the meat locker, but hey, it's a movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he comes in. Um, I love Stallone. Don't get me wrong. I I know he's made a ton of good movies and he's made a ton of crap movies, but um this one i mean i don't know i loved everything in this film but i just didn't like how he came busting in like he was all just he didn't he was just smooth and didn't care like he didn't he knew he was gonna save the day because i got to go ahead when he spins around and he's just standing there all cool and and he goes i'll, I'll kill her man he goes or, or, no, get the get the news in here. And he goes, I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. <laughs> but he says it like all nonchalant and everything. And I was like. So too much confidence for you. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> the part that made me laugh the most during this scene is when, uh, before he busted in there, is when uh, he just took that little uh, that little banquet beer, a little Coors, little warm Coors at that, and drank it and then threw it out. <laughs> so... <laughs> But the scene ended good because he just pulls out his gun and uh, I don't know I, I don't know how to throw knives and uh, a little uh, little buck knife or whatever he had he just pulled out and he just like threw it straight I don't know again I don't, I'm not the one I don't know how to throw knives or anything to make it stick <laughs> but that he it, the way he tossed it he just like he just like toss it and. It didn't even look like he gave it that much force. But then again, it's a movie. Uh, I just kind of flung it, just <laughs> underhand. Hey, just relax, amigo. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. I don't want to talk to you. Now you bring in the television cameras in here now. Come on, bring it in. Can't do that. Why? I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. I ain't no psycho, man. I'm a hero. You're looking at a fucking hunter. I'm a hero of the new world. Your disease, and I'm the cure. Die! Drop it! But then he goes down, and I love how after he does that, he just goes, drop it! And unloads it. Gave him no time to drop it either. Just the second he said drop it, he was like, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> yeah, pumped him up and he goes falling onto the frozen meat. But uh, that was cool, man. I loved it. And I, he had to do the little spin the gun and stick it in his belt. And it's got the little marble uh, uh, handle with a cobra on it. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I remember seeing after this film, seeing a lot of. Uh, a knockoff uh guns that that had that on it as well as the uh the knife that the night slasher had which uh my cousin bought one um i still see him every now and then if i go to like flea markets or some guys that are just selling knives 
Um, they're not that expensive. I think that one guy was selling them for like twenty five or thirty bucks. I I kind of want one, mainly just for because of this film. Just as a collector, it would be cool to just have it sitting right here on my desk. I mean, that's yeah, how much the Cobra said. Just display it with the movie. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, I mean, it, it, it that, this scene was cool. I mean, I, I did love it. I mean, this movie flies by like super fast because it's not very long. It's not even an hour and a half. It's like an hour and twenty seven minutes. So, I mean, that was the awesomeness of the eighties. I mean, they just gave you what they got and didn't uh, fool around with much. Uh, uh, okay, I have I have some questions going into. I don't know if it's, this is the next scene or the scene after, but. He drives home and he has the the little confrontation outside in the parking garage where the the guy wouldn't move his car, so he moved his car for him. What's your problem, my sassy? You touched my car, man. Get him, Get it for your health, you know. What is pinche? Me. Clean up your act. She got to Madre, Pinche Otto. Did you notice when he rips his shirt that he had a wire on? No, I didn't. No, I need to watch it again. I didn't. Yeah, because. I'm like, okay, is is he wired for the movie or was he wired for something else? I I need to know that because they just pretend like nobody sees the wire, but it's like right there taped to his chest. Couldn't have been a microphone. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I I need I better pull it up and look. I I don't know. Um, yeah. Speaking of that scene, I do love it. I mean, you hear. I mean. You guys just heard it, uh, the little audio clip I added. But no, the part that's funny about this whole scene, um, either these are just the weakest little uh, uh, little uh, little essay guys to hang out in, uh, or at the beach, because there was three of them, and there was one of mm-hmm. him. Um, they could have... Maybe he could... Rocky could have beat him down really quick, uh, but... They didn't even try to uh, step to him. It's like they just got all scared, and then he, um, what did he tell him? Something about uh, clean up your act, and then tears his shirt, and then walks away. Yeah, I'm like, who does that? Who just rips someone's shirt like that? (laughs) And they didn't even do nothing. And then when he walks away, and he, I don't know Spanish, so I don't really know what he said. Uh, you Spanish speakers probably. It's still funny. I remember someone told me what it was, but I don't remember. That was a long time ago. But I love after he says he screams at him again as uh, Cobra's walking away, walking away, and then he goes over and just kicks uh, his tire. And those girls in the car <laughs> are like, "Yeah!" And his yeah, and his buddy's like, "You tell him, essay." I was like, oh, man, you just got punked hella hard in front of your chicks yeah, and your boys. We're just going we're, we're to disregard that his shirt's just ripped open and just hanging there. Like, that didn't even happen. I don't know, man. Uh, again, me and my boys would have, what? And then if we would have got beat up, we would have got beat up. But at least we would have tried. And uh, 
uh, somebody's windshield would have been busted and tires would have been mm-hmm. slashed and everything. <laughs> and, and my next question, he goes upstairs. He takes pizza and his gun cleaning kit out of the freezer. He's eating a frozen slice of pizza with a pair of scissors. And his gloves I on. Never, yeah, I never noticed that the pizza came out of the freezer. And he's just sitting there cleaning his gun and he's just cutting up pizza with scissors and eating it. And I, I guess that's that's the life of Marion Cobretti right there. When you're that rough and tough, man, you never you just don't take those gloves off because no, you just never. you just touch some uh, rip some guy's dirty shirt. Uh, you just finish uh, sh- killing some dude in the supermarket and, <laughs> <laughs> and you go over and just eat your frozen pizza. Uh, with the gloves on uh, really quick this is a scene when he turns his tv on and the uh the christmas uh, uh toys r us commercial is on uh rest in peace one of the best places i used to go to when i was little uh prices were high as shit but yeah it, it was toys r us man i heard it's coming back but I, i'm not too sure yet but we'll see yeah it's supposed to be like little smaller versions of it uh, just get your prices down if any of you uh, Toys R Us higher-ups are listening because, um, yeah, uh, that and KB, I remember they had uh, just they had cool things, like especially uh, for us collectors, but the prices were crazy. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just said, if you couldn't find it, you said, fuck it, and you just bought it. Um, I know this ain't the, the collector's returns, so we'll, well, that's another show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's coming everyone the collector's return or the toys return or something we'll figure something out but <laughs> um so yeah they that's just more of a, a newscast on uh yeah there's been another uh killer in the night slasher and they just still have no clues on on who it is so we go to um we're jumping all over everyone so the next scene mm-hmm. is, is when we're introduced uh, no 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 they uh some some ladies just driving down the street, and then we see some uh, shady looking guys uh, in a van, and they go up and uh, they kind of follow her. She goes under this um this uh this bridge. Uh, actually, that's mm-hmm. the bridge where uh, they filmed Terminator. Um, oh, really? Yeah, where that scene when uh, um Kyle Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor are, are, are running away from Terminator, and they go crashing into the wall. Well, no, they stop. Terminator goes slamming into the wall. That is the the area where that happened. But anyway, some useless information, everyone. Uh, But anyway, so they kind of, that lady in the car stops, and then they kind of bump into her, and then she's like, oh, what the fuck? And then uh, this is when one of the ladies gets out of the car. She goes, what's the matter with you? How did you guys hit me? What are you, drunk? I don't like this lady. This lady's scary because of this role. Uh, What is her name? I think it's uh, Lee Garlington. Is that who it is? Yeah, that's her name. Mm-hmm. She's just creepy uh, in this film. Because when that lady, what are you guys drunk? And she goes, yes. And they're like, she's like, what the? It, is her last name a play on things? Because it says her last name is Stock. I, is it a play on Stalker? I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get to her in a, in a, in a minute. Uh there's some other things that unfold. Spoiler alerts! If you guys haven't seen this, we're spoiling. We spoil everything on here. You guys should have seen this. It's like a billion. Yeah, years. spoiler alert for a movie that came out in '86. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
yeah so that she's like what and then she kind of looks in the rear view and she sees some guy with an axe and then she's like what the fuck and this is when uh the night slasher uh brian thompson comes in with that badass knife with the look like a spike brass knuckles and a huge blade i don't know what it is but it, that knife is tough if you guys don't know what i'm talking about just look up cobra knife put that in the google search and that's one of the first things that pops up but uh he and they end up killing her but and this is when we're introduced to uh ingrid uh, brigitte nielsen's character she happens to just be riding by and see that uh what's going on because the, the night slasher guy is standing in the middle of the road and she like steps slows down looks sees that something shady is going on he's standing in there and then she like just punches it and uh that one lady uh the crazy looking lady she's like uh, get the license plate and so that he just kind of looks and she goes driving off uh then we oh then this is when we realize that one of the killer ladies, she, because you see her typing on the computer, types in the um, license plate, and uh, then the camera goes back, and it's that one of those, the Nancy Stock is her name. Mm. We find mm-hmm. out that she is a cop. So Cobretti was right. He's saying that there was more than just one person. And, yeah, and I was a little, this is maybe, maybe I'm just realizing now a problem because when you get introduced to her as a cop, she seems like a regular patrol, you're not even a patrol, regular desk cop. And then later on, she is, uh, I'm jumping a little bit, later on, she's part of the the team that's going, uh, not undercover, but um, going to the safe house. And I was kind of wondering, is was there more people in the department or is she just able to put herself into a higher position you know what i mean i i know what you're saying i figured that maybe she was uh that was like the last days of her uh being a desk jockey or, or just being uh. playing a flat foot because yeah she they just from going from a desk right to working with uh two detect homicide detectives so <laughs> uh maybe she put in and, and she just got it so it, it helped with uh, their plan for uh, forming the new world. <laughs> so I don't know. But, yeah, I thought that, too. I even thought that. I thought that this time watching it, and then I remember sitting there with my theater like, how the hell did she get so <laughs> high class or, or a step a step up uh, in uh, in the police department? Don't want to think about it. It's a movie, everyone. So, yeah, so that's uh, they, they figure where out where she is and um we this is when we find out well they there's some more police talk uh, uh the higher ups are telling uh cobra and uh gonzalez like hey man you guys need to really find uh who this is because uh, we can't have any more killings so um we get this montage of uh finding out that uh In- Brigitte Nielsen's uh, character Ingrid she's a, a model in I have fast forward through all this. I had seen this this scene a million times. Yeah, she looks hot uh, and everything, but you didn't want to see the the modeling slash uh, going to every tattoo shop looking for a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because uh, no, she didn't. She she didn't talk to the cops yet. No, I'm talking about. Uh, oh, that's right. That's another montage. I'm getting my montages mixed up. Yeah, it was uh, because she didn't talk to the police yet. This um. So whatever whatever she saw that the night how the night before I guess uh, when she saw those uh, the night slasher and his crew 
Uh, so there's this big old montage and some 80s music jamming in the background. They show her modeling with robots. and uh, That was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> then they show Cobra and Gonzalez uh, trying to just drive around L.A. looking for leads on a thing. So that whole montage is over with. We get, um, I want to say, did you ever watch that show, Sledgehammer? Uh, I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. Uh, David Rash, Rache, I think that's his name. Uh, he's been in a ton of movies as well, but I remember him in a, I think it was Sledgehammer. Um, I guess I'm in the 90s. Let me go into the 80s. Uh, um, was this him in that? Because he's been in a, a ton uh, of stuff, but I remember him having his own show. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. He had a, a show called Sledgehammer from uh, 1986 to 1988. So I mean, other than all the other things I've seen him in, but I just remember uh, that show. It was it was like a comedy cop show. But uh, he's the uh, the photographer, and he gets all little uh, borderline rapey because uh, he's talking. To yeah. Her. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking to her like. Uh, Hey, uh, you want to come over to my house or you want to go have dinner? And she's like, no, I'm tired. I just want to go. Let's, can, can you please stop uh, sexually harassing me? Uh, me to hashtag me too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that for real. I'm not saying that as a joke, everyone. But because um, he's like, uh, you know, uh, this will help your career. And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Different times, everyone in the 80s. I mean, that's how a lot of the, from the, the documentaries and everything I'm seeing now, there was a lot of that. A lot of, uh, what's that Weinstein guy? Uh, <laughs> a lot of that going on. Uh, she, she didn't want to get Weinstein, so she was like, come on, just, I want to go home. And he's like, ah, oh, come on, come on, just just begging for it, but she ain't having it. They go down into the, uh, the parking lot of the building they're in, and we see that... Uh, the night slasher and his gang are down there and they're kind of hiding in the shadows and she's like oh man i forgot my bag and when she turns around and that guy's like well i'll go get her for you and this is when someone comes up behind her uh sledgehammer with an axe and she's like ah and then he takes it to the chest um mm-hmm. it didn't look it didn't look good, very good it was just like he just hit him with it but i i wouldn't want to feel that and i wouldn't want to know that pain getting hit in the chest with an axe so, but, so she goes running and screaming and all those guys are chasing her uh quick little flashback scene uh she left her bag in the in the hall and one of the uh, security guards grabs it so he kind of rushes down there to be the the nice guy to bring it to her he comes into the parking lot and he sees that all kinds of shit's going on that the the night slasher and his gang are chasing her so he pulls out his gun pops off a few rounds misses completely and then um, this was a rough looking stunt. Um, either, yeah. Either that was a dummy or what do you think that was really a stunt guy that got hit? I, I hope it was a dummy because the, the impact of that van into the, what was it? The elevator. Yeah. That was crazy. So I, I mean, if it was an actual stunt guy, my, you know, hats off to you, man. Cause that was one hell of a stunt because that van was that van was traveling fast and hit hard. 
Yeah, because it hit him, and he goes disappearing. I assume knocked him back into the elevator through the closed doors. Uh, if it was a dummy, all right, but I don't know. I mean, it, lo- it looks like that was a stuntman standing there. Um, this I think they just call him security guard. I wonder if he is a stuntman. Let me click on it. His name is Ross St. Philip. Um, I, I don't know. They don't say much about him. He's only got a, a couple uh, roles. Uh, I don't know. Well, whoever this gentleman was, um, and he, if it wasn't him, maybe he was just acting, but maybe that was a stunt guy that took it. But yeah, that was a lot of force. Uh, from that van slamming into that dude as he goes flying back into the elevator. So uh, he's dead. Um, did uh, did police come? Is that why they all took off? Yeah, because he's uh, basically he's about to come out, start coming after her again, and then they hear the the siren, so they leave. Okay, and she uh, she's hiding under a car or something. Yeah, because I think she like jumped down a, a level, and then she was hiding. Yeah, she's hiding behind something. So yeah, so the the cops scare them off, and they all take off. And this is when she is uh, in the hospital, and uh, Cobra and uh, Gonzalez are questioning her, and uh, she's just telling them what she saw. And uh, this is she kind of did she bring up the she thinks she saw something the other night, or was that later on in the police station? She brings it up. And then they do the whole sketch thing, which I would have to say that is the worst sketch artist ever. But it looks just like him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess. Lo- I mean, uh, Brian Brian Thompson, he's got uh, weird um, bone features. Stru- yeah, weird bone structures, features of his face, uh, like his, I don't know, high cheekbones. I, I don't know. He. he when you see him, you're like, whoa, he's like intimidating. Like, I, w- I wouldn't want to see him in a dark alley. Um, so and whoever drew that picture, it was obviously supposed to be Cobra or Gonzalez, whoever. But uh, whoever did that drawing, man, I, to me, even watching it today, that looked just like Brian Thompson. So uh, anyway, so that was uh, the quick little sketch uh, that they did. So she's so like, all right, well, you just stay here and uh, we'll, uh, uh, we'll protect you because – Gonzalez was supposed to stay there and watch him, and uh, Cobra goes, well, I'm going to go uh, run some things over at my house and uh, with uh, this picture through all the things that he has uh, at his house. So he goes, all right. So he goes, taking off home. I love this scene because he comes right rolling up, and the, the essays are still out in the front, and uh, he just goes, honks, and they they move forward yeah hey right on thing we got you bro uh did you realize they were listening to that same song again did they yeah <laughs> is that the only tape you got <laughs> so oh that that was funny though because they like he just i don't know again man maybe they hatched it out and they were cool but no nah, man I, they should have just tried to fight him again but they, they were scared and they just moved forward so he goes in, he starts looking around at all his stuff and everything, and then he gets a phone call. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, then we kind of get uh, some uh, little scenes with the the Night Stalker and um, or the Night Slasher and uh, that Nancy Stock chick, and she, she's like telling him she's gonna ruin our new world and we gotta kill her and and everything. So they know she's in the hospital, 
So this is when you see uh, the Night Slasher. Like, was he dyeing his hair black with ink or something? Is that what that was? Yeah, it looked like shoe polish. Yeah, whatever it was. He was just trying to, because I guess he had blonde hair, and he was just trying to yeah, dye he, black. How how'd you feel about his disguise with the glasses? I'll get to that in a second. I have a <laughs> lot of problems with that. But anyway, so he kind of disguised, greases his hair up. He goes into the hospital, and uh, he sneaks in there. Uh, and he's hi- what was he hiding in like a, a little supply room or something? Because that uh, that one yeah. that uh, I assume he's a custodian. He comes in, a little small guy, little nerdy glasses. Uh, Brian Thompson at this time in, in 1986, probably 1985, he is a big dude, like muscular. And that guy was really super skinny and small. And he stabs him and kills him. And then he takes his, his uniform and it, it out as no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie, everybody, but. I, I just noticed that this time. I, like, I've seen this movie a million times and never put two and two together right there. I was like, there's no way he could have fit that guy's clothes, but it's a movie. <laughs> so he uh, takes the uh, the janitor's clothes and puts them on in his glasses and grabs the, the mop and everything, and uh, he goes up and... Uh, uh, well, I guess, yeah, they, they knew what room she was in because uh, the Nancy chick, she was a cop, so she knew yeah. she knew where she was. So he goes in there. Ah, this uh, this part was kind of a little uh, uh, scary because um, when he's standing in the elevator, uh, this one a nurse gets on, this, this one a black lady, she gets on, and uh, she's like, you guys are supposed to take the service, ele- service elevator. This is a, a health code violation, and She's like yelling at him, and he's just like looking at her. Then you could see him stick his hand behind his back, ready to just pull out his knife and kill her. But she ends up getting off and gives him a little uh, tongue lashing really quick. And then <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Um, but let's let's just say he did kill her. I mean, what, what was he gonna do? I mean, just leave her there and get off the elevator, and hopefully nobody was on on the floor. But it's a movie yeah <laughs> so he gets out and uh he finds the room and uh he goes into her room kind of like in a halloween too when michael myers came in and was getting ready to stab laurie in the bed mm-hmm. but she wasn't there so he's like what because he's about to kill her he's like pretty woman or pretty hair or whatever she whatever he said and then he realizes she's not in the bed and then she comes walking out of the bathroom and ah then he she goes back in there and uh those cheapy doors hollow doors he likes just start stabbing that knife through it trying to get her and kicks the door in and uh almost gets her uh because she's trying to get out there's a, another door in the bathroom and it must lead into somewhere else that had the total fire violation had all this other uh medical gear up against the door so she couldn't open it because she was trying to force it and Looks like he would have got her too because he was, she was, if she wasn't pushing on that door, he could have probably stabbed her and got out of there. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but when all this is going on, we flash to uh, Stallone. He gets a call and uh, it's Gonzalez and he goes, Hey, and he goes, uh, I'm, I'm in your office. What do you want? And he's like, What are you doing there? What are you doing there? You're supposed to be in the hospital. And he's like, 
They said, uh, you wanted me to come here. And they, well, get back to the hospital. Then they they go racing back <laughs> over there. As the, as Cobra goes running out, we got uh, some of the the new the New Order, New World guys uh, with their axes. I don't know how come nobody had guns. Well, they had guns later, but um, they start swinging axes at him. And then this is the whole big fire uh, fight, and he's kicking ass. And Did he pull his gun out? I don't remember because I know he was fighting them for a second. Uh, he he kills the last guy when he shoots him like eight times, and then he falls over the 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 balcony. Oh, that's right, because he lived on the top floor. Because once he pumped in with some with, with a few rounds, he goes ah, he falls uh, probably like three or four floors. Yeah, and uh, listeners, real guy falling, real stunt guy. Did he fall onto some, or did he fall like behind something? I don't remember. He felt the car was blocking, and they just did the sound effect of him hitting the pavement. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I like some of those scenes because some of these movies, when they do that, you can, uh, when, when whatever they land on, those stunt guys, you can see the, them kind of bounce up. <laughs> but they always add that sound effect, like of them splattering on the ground. So I mm-hmm. love that. So they go racing back to the hospital. Um, but. Uh, Brigitte or Ingrid, she gets out. And this this is another problem I had with this film. I'm catching all the little things that I never saw before. She goes running down the hall screaming, somebody help me, pounding on the desk because the hall is empty and it's dark. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Typical movie, movie hospital. Yeah, I mean, especially in L.A., which is probably one of the, in a major big city, it's probably tons of people in these hospitals. Not like in Haddonfield and Halloween 2 when nobody was in there. Um, but that hospital is like here, the town that I live in. Um, I remember um, when my wife had uh, one of the kids, I remember walking through the hospital and nobody being around. And it just reminded me of Halloween 2. The original Halloween <laughs> 2, not that bullshit that Rob Zombie did. Anyway, uh, so she goes running down the hall screaming, and then she breaks the fire alarm. And you realize how many people filled that hallway instantly? It was like, I don't know. It looked like hundreds of people. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, it, it looked like there was multiple people in each room. It was like all these doctors and nurses and orderlies and patients all came out. What's going on? What's going on? And I was like, nobody heard her screaming for help like seconds before. <laughs> but when once you hear the <laughs> alarm, you all come running out at the movie, everyone. Um, I think they did. Like, they overdid it with the people in the hall. There, I doubt there would be that many people in every single room. But it's a movie. So the night slasher he ended up getting the hell out of there. So he uh, he got out. No, nobody caught him. So this is when uh, this is when this is when she ends up at the hospital. Not the hospital. At the police station. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cobra gets the tongue lashing from the higher ups. And uh, he keeps telling them. He goes, "Look, he goes. It's not just one person. I keep telling you guys that, and they're still not believing him." Well, uh, Babe Ruth, he he's kind of uh, Babe Ruth, uh, Captain Spears, uh, Art Lafleur. He he's kind of like uh, believing him, but not really. It's the the other dude, Detective Monty. He is the one that's being the asshole. Like, yeah, because he he believes him to the point where he's gonna allow him to take her to a safe house that he only knows about. So they like do that, and then this is when she's he's kind of telling, "Look, all right, we're gonna take you to a safe house, and um, 
we just got to get you out of the city. So we're like, oh, okay. So he loads up in his badass car. And uh, as they're leaving, it's, uh, oh, this is when they're introduced, uh, we're finally introduced to, uh, uh, I assume she was the detective at this point, uh, Detective Stock, because she comes in and goes, yeah, she's uh, going to come with us. And uh, we realize it's that that lady that's a part of the the new world or new order guys. So they're like, oh, whatever. I mean, they're they're kind of they at this point they don't know didn't know she was uh, down with them. They're like, all right. So she jumps in the Ingrid jumps in the car with uh, Cobra and Gonzalez and Stock are riding in a car behind them. And uh, as they pulling away from the police station, you got uh, the the night slasher and his crew like parked right across the street waiting for them because like they know because of stocks is giving them all this information so they go driving off barely made it a block away and those dudes come hauling after them and uh take a shot and i just i love car chases especially when they're real car chases not the fast and furious stuff but <laughs> i i just love that they're hauling ass somewhere downtown la guns shotguns flying everywhere uh but this once they get on the freeway this scene i love no matter how stupid it is and everyone's like no no that can't happen i it can't happen so stallone uh, he's hauling ass and he's like hold on and just does like a 180 in his car and i don't know what kind of machine gun he had i don't, I don't know what that was but he just holds that out of the side as he's driving in reverse and then guns up that car and i just and then he flips a 180 and punches it and takes off <laughs> down the road. Oh man. Uh do you do you like real car chases? Yeah, definitely. Um and what they do to this car hurts my heart every time I see it because I love this car ever since I've seen this movie when I was a kid. And it is a custom 1950 Mercury. And uh, looking it up right now, apparently they had more than one that they wrecked filming this movie. They had to have because um, I think I think once they got off the freeway, um, they got back into a uh, parking lot. And uh, well, no, b- b- before that, I think it was before the scene. But anyway, I'm I'm jumping all over with this car chase. But anyway, he's in a parking lot. Uh, the bad guys are on the the first level and cobra and ingrid are on the second level and they're like basically just going the same direction and then uh the bad guys uh haul ass and get out back onto the street and i love this scene i mean that of course they had multiple cars because this that heavy ass car probably bottom fell out axles broke everything because he goes flying off the second floor boom boom crashes through and then hauls ass uh, i love when they do that type of stuff especially when it's real cars because you know uh when they do those jumps it's just that's it the one that one jump and the car's done especially like if you guys are fans of like knight rider or um mainly the dukes of hazard and they had like a billion general lees because every time that thing jumped and came down on the front end. You just see the mm-hmm. front end fold, but then it goes driving off brand new. So, <laughs> but I, I, I think out of the stunt, there's another stunt in this. We'll get to that in a second. But when that car goes flying down and lands, and then goes hauling ass. Um, 
So the night slasher is in the back in the back seat, and uh, there's two the other two guys are in the front, and they're just trying to get away from him. Uh, again, I don't know much about guns, but I know damn well this can't happen. Uh, there is a sem a semi gas truck, a hold a, a semi holding two big gas tanks, and uh, one with a little space. So they go crashing through uh, the tank the the two between the two tankers to break. Uh, the locks, I guess. Um, and then they, as they go through, the night slasher hangs out of the back. Uh, she shoots out the back window and with a shotgun, a little sawed off uh, double barrel, I believe. Boom, shoots out, hits one of the tanks, <laughs> it blows up, <laughs> then shoots the other. There's big two gas tanker trucks on fire and. Uh, of course, man, Cobra, he, he ain't no fear, man. Just boosh, drives right through it all. I, that that stun was even awesome. But again, there's no way that little shotgun blast could have did or caused that much uh, damage. Be unless maybe if they were standing right in front of it and did it, I don't know. But that car was hauling ass pretty fast. And uh, I don't think those uh, pellets and those uh, shotgun shells would have penetrated that tank in order for it to explode like that. But it's the 80s, and anything can happen. <laughs> so, um, they still hauling ass down the road. I love this scene. This is a, another stunt that I love. Uh, I don't know what street this is. It's um, I know there's little bridges that are going over these little uh, water canals, but it's like bumps because the cars are just jumping these, and they're just fucking hauling ass still. I and mean, I love it. That last jump. And uh, Cobra, he goes, he takes that jump so high. And from what I understand, they said this was an accident. Uh, he he just jumped that stunt driver, just punched it too hard, hit that last hump, and doosh, took out some lights. <laughs> I thought that was pretty <laughs> sweet. Where did I don't remember? Where did it go after this? I don't remember. Uh, after the the chase scene was done. I mean, after because they were still. They, well, obviously they got away. Oh no no he flipped his car. Yeah yeah oh, that's right. So that what kind of car was it again? A uh, custom 1950 Mercury. Yeah so that thing's because after yeah after after he flips it we we never see it again it's done. Yeah but then he rolls up in a tight little uh, old school Ford truck uh, which I I like those old Fords. Uh, not so much the new ones but the old ones when they were just like steel trucks not this stuff mm -hmm. they make them today but so yeah they're like ah well that shit that uh that plan didn't work uh let's go back to the station and regroup because uh, then i think by this time they do realize that there's more than one because they seen them all plus there was witnesses uh with gonzalez they they just left them in the dust they didn't even uh yeah. didn't even <laughs> they didn't even get into the the car chase yeah, I, I don't know how good of a partner Gonzalez is because he never seems to be around. No, man. I mean, because he was there in the beginning, and then they just, like, hauled ass and must have lost him somewhere. And uh, I take it there is no police radio in his car because he, he he could at least been, all right, I'm on this road. Come come help no, me. Not, not in Cobra's car, No. <laughs> I did love his uh his little seat his seatbelts they're like those racing car mm -hmm. things and you needed those because especially the way they were flying through the air and or driving backwards on freeways and everything but so 
Uh, they regroup again, and they go, "All right, uh, this 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 is the time when Cobra goes like, hey, I got, I'll pick the house, and uh, only we know." So, but same thing again. We get uh, Cobra, Ingrid, Gonzalez, and uh, um, the police lady Stock to go with them. Another little montage of them driving through the the outskirts in the the coastal California. Uh, a lot of talk. I mean, nothing really important. Just kind of Ingrid and Cobra trying to get to know each other. And they stop at this little restaurant. Uh, I love this scene because this is when uh, we find out that uh, Cobra, his first name is Marion. So I mean, that that was a yeah. funny scene. And I just yeah, wow. See, I, that's what I'm saying. What kind? I don't know how good of a partner Gonzalez is. Can't be giving out that kind of information. Because he he totally goes, look, you want to have some fun? He goes. This is something private, but uh, he likes it. Go up and uh, call him Marion. So that's when she walks up. And I did like this line. She goes, well, do you find anything new? And he goes, well, not since you were in the bathroom. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there was a few one-liner things in there, but not a lot. So I, I, I enjoy that. I mean, I guess he must leave that for Arnold uh, with all his films. So she finds out his name is Marion, and they end up, all right, well, let's go. They kind of eat uh, burgers real quick and get back on the road. They end up at this little uh, roadside uh, uh, motel, and they're going to hold up there for the night before they get going. Or was this where they were going to go? Um, I, I don't think this was the, the, the safe house. I think this is where they were holding up for the night. So, yeah, so they're sitting there, and... Um, Gonzalez, he goes to bed. Uh, Ingrid is out, or Ingrid, uh, Nancy Stock, she's outside on the on a payphone. And uh, Cobra, she kind of comes out, and uh, Cobra's like, hey. And she's like, oh, she kind of, he startles her. And she goes, hey, I just want to let you know you're doing a good job. And he's like, well, why didn't you use the phone in your room? And she goes, oh, it was broken. And he goes, I'm just calling the house to check on the kids. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you better get inside. We got to get an early start. So I think the wheels are in motion about this time because late, earlier in the film, uh, Cobra was saying to the the higher ups, like, "Look, there's somebody, somebody in the department is uh, is the mole." Uh, so because they know every step that they've been doing, so he goes, "That's when he." Was, but they still didn't believe him. So I think, but I think by this time he was kind of thinking that it's her, but he wasn't really sure. We go back into the room. Cobra breaks out his uh, his little machine gun, puts on the laser sighting, and then there's a little lovey moment between him and uh, Ingrid. Uh, yeah, I, let me say something. I know they, they were married in real life, but I don't know if this is just the chemistry they had for real or she's just a bad actor because I was not buying no romantic anything between these two. Well... From what I know, I think it was more of just a let's get down thing and I'm going to spend all your money. Uh, Because from what I understand, uh, after the filming of Beverly Hills Cop 2, she threw like some big, huge party at their house and uh, Stallone wasn't having it. Because he's like, I think by this time, he realized that she's just spending all my money and uh yeah so i think that's why he just had enough with her because mm. she seemed all wild if you guys saw her on what was that reality show i think it was like 
Uh, Strange Love. No, the the one before that. Uh, like shit. Celebrity House or something. I don't know. Because that's where Fl- yeah. Flav and her met before they started doing the their their crazy love thing. But <laughs> she was wild and crazy. So I think she, surreal house. Yeah, I think she was just yeah. too too crazy for Sly. So uh, he kicked her to the curb. You ever see the episode where he brought her to the Public Enemy concert? Yeah, to introduce her. <laughs> and she came out on stage dancing all crazy. Yeah, and Chuck and uh, Griff and those guys and the S1W didn't like it. <laughs> it was like, no, hell no. <laughs> here we're up here uh, fighting the power, and here comes this big old tall blonde woman being all wild. <laughs> Ah, that's another show, everyone. Uh, Public Enemy, check them out. <laughs> but really quick on Surreal House, I remember that one scene when uh, her and Flay were in the in the hot tub, and uh, he came. I don't. He he was telling her he had a big dick and all this, and she was like, "What?" And then she reached over and grabbed it under the under the water. <laughs> so <laughs> she did say, "Go, well, it is big," but I don't know. That that's Flay right off the of <laughs> Uh, so they had their little lovey dub scene and everything, and uh, I assume he smashed it, but I don't know. And uh, so he, uh, co- well, I don't think he did because he, she went to sleep and he was still sitting up. Um, no, he, I think he did. Oh well, maybe he just took a, a little power nap and then woke up because he was sitting there, like just. Uh, like, I think I think he hit it and he stayed up all night on alert. I don't know, man. When I'm he's Cobra, he's Cobra. When I'm on after I'm done, man, I'm out. <laughs> anyway, that's another show. That's the the sex returns. But anyway, um, so during uh, the I think it was during the night, so they were doing flashback. You see all these guys on the 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 New Order guys coming, or the New World, whatever they were calling themselves. You see them always uh, on bikes. There was always like a montage because during when uh, they, they show them driving to wherever they were going, they go and see, uh, you see bikers hauling ass down the road. So they finally show up to the motel because uh, they go out there and look. Uh, Gonzalez and Cobra are there and they go, hey, where's uh, Stock? And they go, oh, I don't know. They go in her room. She's not here. And then they start looking around. Then you see her running up to the one of the trucks. And uh, pointing over to the motel, and then they're like, "Oh shit!" They, this is when they realize that she is uh, with them. And Gonzalez goes, "Man, I never liked that bitch." And then, yeah, this is a problem I had with her. Like, I don't think she needed to just outright be out there pointing to them, saying they're right there. She, I mean, just in case this didn't work out, she just blew her cover right here. Yeah, I never liked this scene, too. I mean, she obviously was talking to them on the phone that night. And, hey, we're staying at the little uh, Hunt Me All Night Hotel or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of little roadside hotels. Uh, be careful, everyone. There's hidden cameras in those places if you saw vacancy. Uh, anyway, so they're like, oh, man. And then it's just a huge war. Well, other than Cobra's ready, he's got his little uh, submachine gun or whatever it is, and Gonzalez has got his little six shooter. 
Uh, yeah, Gonzalez. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I was Gonzalez, man, I'd have more than just uh, six bullets uh, in my gun. I'd at least have a, a little. I would, I would have more guns, period. If I'm rolling with Cobra from the zombie squad, I'm not having a little six shooter. I'm having a trunk full of something. I don't know. I just, some, Gonzalez is starting to bother me the more we talk about him. Speaking of the zombie squad, was he the only one or where was the rest of them? That's what I was saying earlier. I needed, I need some, I need more of this. I, this, this should have been a franchise because I'm picturing the zombie squad as a whole crew of people like Cobra. And I, I just, for some reason in this movie, it's just Cobra, and he's partnered with fucking Gonzalez, who has a revolver. <laughs> I know he didn't have. That's all he had. I mean, a revolver and junk food. Yeah, throughout this movie, that's all he had. <laughs> uh, we'll get to though that I loved all that little reaction when they were talking about food, but uh, yeah, he's out there with his little pea shooter, and there's like a whole army uh, out there with shotguns and a. Uh, did any of them have machine guns, or was it just Cobra? Uh, it seemed like pistols and shotguns for the, for the the new world, and of course his custom little machine gun that he put together that he was waiting up all night ready to use. I think he was the only one that had a machine gun. So as he's just just wasting bullets in in every direction. Well, there was one dude that was a sniper. Uh, he had a rifle mm-hmm. because he was uh, he had uh, Cobra in his sights and he just wasn't a good shot because he kept missing him. But <laughs> uh, they end up after they're shooting there, guys are flying off the motorcycles and bodies laying everywhere. I don't know how many uh, uh, bad guys showed up, man, but there was a whole army of them. So because Cobra jumps in the back of his truck, uh, Ingrid punches it, and he's like just she's flying down the road, and oh man, it just made me just hate her. I, I've never been in this kind of situation where people are chasing me or anything. But uh, if that does ever happen, which I hope it never does happen, uh, I've seen enough movies to at least kind of keep it under some somewhat control. Uh, with these movies, and it's not just this one. There's a lot of other movies when, and I'm not just saying because she's a woman driver, but it seems like in these films when the women get behind the wheel and they're scared which i understand these these guys are all trying to kill her they just lose it and can't drive good they're mm. they're hauling ass down the road and she's just scared ah what do i do and i'm like oh. well i mean we can't rely on gonzalez cuz we didn't even mention he's already taken out right now well that's right he gets shot yeah so again gonzalez is completely useless in this movie he might have unloaded his gun, maybe, because he took a few hits yeah. and he was laying between yeah, his, those two buildings. His six shots. Because he took some, uh, he took some shrapnel and he was just laying there. So they just assumed he was dead and left him. You can do better, Gonzalez. You could have <laughs> did it better. <laughs> so they're hauling ass down the road in the truck through the orchards. Uh, guys on bikes and, and everything. It must have rained because the road was all wet, and everyone once they're getting shot, they go sliding down the road. So, uh, this this thing this this made me mad. Uh, she kind of loses it, and Cobra goes flying off the out of the back of the bed and just does this uh, nice tuck and roll and 
jumps right up, <laughs> brrr, starts gunning everyone down. It's like, oh shit. Uh, I think this is when the sniper guy, uh, and that sniper guy came back and, and started shooting at him, still missing. So they ran through that little uh, patch of trees and ended up in some big uh, steel mill. Steel factory. Yeah. yeah. So was did the stock get killed before they got there or when they were there? Uh, no, she gets killed there right before um, Stallone and the Night Slasher have their uh, showdown. Does he shoot her or does he like get stabbed with something? Uh, I don't remember. I think she gets shot. I think he shoots her. Yeah, I think she got shot in the back because uh, uh, he was getting ready to shoot uh, the Night Slasher and she jumped in front of it and took some uh, a little uh, submachine gun to the back or whatever he was Yeah. Doing. Yeah, and uh, the, he also takes out the the sniper guy who clearly should have never been the sniper guy because he can't hit anything. He gets lit on fire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he didn't hit nobody. He just missed. Nope. Why are you the sniper guy? He I just, don't know. probably just everybody was probably just grabbing guns, and that's what he got. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is when we get the the the, the final fight between the the night slasher and and cobra and i just loved all the the shit that he was saying to him telling him that um let me just play the clip i can't remember exactly what he said well anyway yeah so that's what he said i mean just basically just yeah we're uh we're gonna take over there's there's millions of us out there and uh we're gonna kill everybody and take you to hell pig um, I loved all that. Everything, every did, sentence he had, pig. Did you did you think he was capable of saying all this? Because they kind of made it seem like he was a little. I, I don't know how to put it. Simple. Yeah. Because when he was coming after her in the the hospital, and he was all pretty hair, you know. But now he's like giving out this whole speech and everything. You want to go to hell with me? Doesn't matter, does it? We are the hunters. We kill the weak, so the strong survive. You can't stop the new world. Your filthy society will never get rid of people like us. It's breeding them. We are the future. No. It was. It was. It was, it was kind of strange. Yeah, I liked it, but it was kind of strange. Yeah, it was like he was like just the muscle and just kind of stupid. And yeah, then once once he's about to get down, he gives him this kicks down the knowledge on him. I mean that, but I mean especially here in 2020, uh, with all the craziness that's going on right now, and all these so-called heroes with guns and everything running around. That I mean, his little speech kind of made sense. Like there's there's people out there right now thinking that way. We're gonna take over. We're gonna kill everybody and it's going to be we're going to have our new world i mean not to get political but there's, there's a lot of these yahoos out there that, that are thinking like this right now mm-hmm. in 2020 and it's not nah, fuck that that ain't gonna happen everyone so but yeah i mean that i mean again hearing that speech a million times after i seen this but um listening to it today and thinking like fuck man that's that's happening right now 
some of you might not think so, but yeah, think about it, man. Of all the shit that's going down right now, man, it's crazy. But yeah, I did, I did like that speech uh, of what he was saying, and then, then they had. Uh, oh, he pulled out a, a um. Shit, I'm thinking I'm Mission Impossible. But uh, did he <laughs> did he hit him with some pipes when they when they started fighting? Yeah, they had a whole big throwdown here because uh, Night Slasher had his. Uh, of course, he had his knife. Did he? And did he ever cut him at all? I think he did. I think he did. Uh, it was a pretty basic fight, but you know the the finale is uh, what I always remember from this movie because it looked painful as hell. I was glad that he didn't uh, Stallone didn't uh, throw in some stupid one liner uh, at the end, like take a hike or something stupid like that. <laughs> but yeah, man, that was pretty brutal, man. After that big huge fight of both of them just getting the shit kicked out of each other. Uh, luckily, that big giant hook just happened to be coming by uh, at mm-hmm. the at, perfect time at the right time because uh, Stallone picks up the night slasher, uh, does like a Texas chainsaw massacre move, and slams him onto that hook. And uh, that this even even this stunt, I don't know if it was a real stunt guy or anything, but uh, Brian Thompson when he was on there because it that hook stabbed him through the back, and uh, his voice is is like really deep and, and just scary sounding. So is he still calling him a pig while he's on the hook? I, I don't remember. I just remember him screaming and going, ah, and just however in his deep voice, but then he goes uh, slowly as that hook is moving everyone. And if you, for those of you who didn't see this film, cause it goes slow. Did it goes into the fire, doesn't it? Yeah. Into the furnace. Yeah. It goes, and he gets burned alive. Yep. So, He's dead. We go back out. We go back to the motel. I assume they walked. Well, I guess their truck. They probably walked back to the truck and go back to the motel. And uh, we see Gonzalez is still alive. Uh, he's getting <sighs> Gonzalez. He's, right. he's getting put into the ambulance. And he goes, "All right, man. Is there anything I can get you?" He goes, "Yeah, I can kill for some gummy bears." This fool was just eating crap, crap, crap. I love eating crap too, everyone. Not literal crap, but stuff that's not good for your body, like candy and Twinkies and shit like that. But that's all he ate through the whole thing. The, the part that made me laugh dealing with, with their food. The movie's over by now, everyone. They happily ever after. They go riding off in the sunset on one of. Uh, he 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 punches Monty. Oh, that's right. He, he, Gives him a good one. He comes up. Yeah, you did it. You did it. No, uh, I would have probably done better or whatever they would say. They ends up clocking him. And, yeah, Which the, the the captain's right there. And the only thing he has to say is, uh, do you need a ride? No, I got my nobody. Ride. Nobody. Yeah, nobody cares about Monty. No, he's just basically just standing there all day. He didn't fall down because he was still holding. He held him up and knocked him. I assume just knocked him in the jaw because he had glasses on and they weren't broken. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, get on one of the, uh, the the New World guys' bike and goes riding off into the to the sunset. Um, I don't know how far they are from L.A. and it's December and whatever part of California they're in. Uh, I'm sure it's cold. And all he had was his little uh, shirt on and she didn't have a jacket or anything either, but it's a movie. But 
The part that made me laugh with the food is when they were when they were in the hospital that first time, after they're done talking with her, and then they kind of look at her food that she kind of just picked over, and he goes, "Oh, you you hungry? You want something? Uh, here, try this. It's something that looks like cheese." And he goes, "Oh, there's cake over there," and they go, "Oh, wait a minute, you're done with this, right?" And she's like, "Yeah," and then they just start eating the shit that she was eating. I'm like, either the LAPD doesn't pay them well enough, but shit, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be eating somebody's leftover food in the hospital. Well, I mean, I mean, Cobra's got to eat. I mean, the only thing we've seen him eat was frozen piece of pizza. <laughs> but this guy, Gonzalez, though, man, even at the rest stop, he comes out with cakes and cookies and soda. <laughs> and Oh, man, Gonzalez. But yeah, that's Cobra, everyone. Uh, this movie is awesome. Uh, rating, I am going to give it a... I can't give it a 10. Maybe the little uh, Nez in 86 would have gave it a 10. But I, I got to go with a 8.5. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. Um, this is... Uh, We'll probably go through some more Stallone. We'll, we'll definitely go through some more Stallone movies, but this is up there with me. I'm going to give it a nine. It loses a little bit just for the little nitpicks, and it loses a little extra because of I've never realized how much I've hated Gonzalez until this rewatch. So, <laughs> um, There was other Stallone films before this one that uh, definitely tens, and I'm sure we'll get to, to those as well. And there's a couple uh, there's a couple tens after this one, but yeah. I think this. Uh, re- oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say one quick thing I wanted to ask you about that I found. I was trying to look up some news because I thought I had heard something about this. Uh, Stallone is planning on remaking this movie into uh, neither uh, a. If uh, from what I understand, if it becomes the movie, it's going to be. It's going to play off the original one, or they just might remake the whole thing into a series. And I guess Robert Rodriguez is possibly involved in it somehow. Is Stallone's going to be Cobra again, or are they going to get someone else? Um, He's involved. I don't see how you're involved and not. I mean, he's he's still playing Rocky and Rambo, so I don't, I don't see why he can't still be marrying Cobretti. Uh, if it's the further adventures of Marion Cobretti, okay. But if it's like a complete remake, I always go to Frank Grillo because he's got that tough, badass look that he could do it. But mm-hmm. hmm. but if it turn, if it's like a series, yeah, I think it would be more of of, of uh, the loan. But uh, if it if they do a remake, then please. Uh, Sly, if you're listening, give us some more explanation on what this cult, uh, New World Order or whatever it is, who they were. Don't just tease us mm-hmm. with uh, little montages and we don't know who the hell those guys are. But um, And if they have the zombie squad in there, they 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 have to do better make them badass. The whole squad. Yeah, you better have a bunch of them. Like have uh, uh, Thor, uh, Frank Grillo, um, I don't know who who else is badass. I don't know. I mean, have or even have that whole crew that he had in uh, 
Uh, was it Rambo Four? Remember when they were in Burma? Oh, when they when they yeah 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 oh, who, yeah that could work. All those guys, man, that was a badass crew. He needed them in the next film, but uh, he's Rambo. He didn't he did it all by himself. But um, true. I guess we're gonna have to tackle those as well. <laughs> so, but uh, one definitely we should tackle is uh, I know you guys did it already, but uh, I think we need to do it here. Is Tango and Cash? I love yes. I love uh, that yes. film. So we'll maybe we'll do a buddy cop thing uh with one. But uh anything else before we move on? No, that was it. That was the only thing cuz I remember hearing something about him doing something with this uh with Cobra, so I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Well, that's news to me, so I mean, I'm all for it. Uh we'll see. Yeah, and this uh this news came out last year, so not that long ago. All right. Cool. Oh, honey, you don't want to pull that shit out on Action Jackson. This is Action Jackson. <laughs> this is going to be easier than I thought. How about cut you deep, you motherfucker? Oh, very good. You write your own material? Your ass is mine. You know? All right, everybody, we're back with uh, the 1988 action comedy shoot 'em up explosion uh, extravaganza uh, extravaganza and that is action jackson what do you want from me i want you to die when there's trouble ah! it's kind of trouble it's no trouble at all you can't keep this cop out of the action Weathers is Action Jackson, rated R. Starts Friday. Check newspapers for theaters and showtimes. All right. Uh, due to the use of excessive force in uh, arresting a sexual predator, Detective Lieutenant Jericho Jackson, uh, Action Jackson, Carl Weathers, is demoted to police sergeant. What's worse, the father of the man who roughed up, he roughed up Detroit uh, industrialist Peter Delaplane, Craig T. Nelson, declares war on Jackson, framing him for the murder of his own wife, Patrice Sharon Stone, but Jericho manages to elude arrest, and with the help of a drug-addicted a drug addicted singer named Sidney Vanity, <laughs> uh, goes after Delaplane. Uh, I didn't like the uh, IMDb um, synopsis, so I just went with another one I found. But Action Jackson. This stars, uh, I said a few people already. Carl Weathers, uh, Craig T. Nelson, uh, Vanity. Um, is it Denise Matthews or Denise Williams? I can't remember her real name. but Either way, Vanity, rest in peace. Uh, very young Sharon Stone, uh, Biff himself, Thomas F. Wilson, we got Bill Duke, Robert, uh, is it Davy or Davy? Uh, Davy. Davy, uh, Jack Thebo, uh, I think that's Thebo, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, Roger Aaron Brown, Mary Ellen Trainer, Ed O'Ross. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, this is just one of the side guys. He's a stunt guy named Bob Miner. Uh, we also got Brian Libby, 
and Al Leung and a billion other guys uh, that's in this. For for all of you 80s kids, um, everyone you'll see in this movie, you've seen him in something. Uh, he was the uh, evil henchman. Uh, there's some guys from Predator in this. There's some guys from Lethal Weapon. There's some guys from uh, Die Hard in this as well. Uh, due to one of the Joel Silver, he was the producer uh, of this film. Uh, we also got Chino Fats Williams. He plays a uh, kid Sable. He, he's probably my favorite in the whole film. Uh, and we also get uh, Sonny Landon. Uh, rest in peace. He plays a drug dealer named Mister Quick. And again, there's a billion other people in this film. I mean, you can't. Pretty much everyone that comes on on the uh, on the screen, you'll know. Oh, even uh, what's his name, uh, Juana Man. Um, uh, Miguel Nunez. Yeah, him. Uh, what was his name in Return of the Living Dead? Oh, God. All I remember is trash. <laughs> I don't remember his name in it, but he's in, he's in here. Juana Man, that's... I've seen it once. I, I don't remember, but... Yeah, you only need to see it once. <laughs> but when I see his face... Uh, he's Spider. Yeah. 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 He was also um, in Friday Thirteenth Part Five. Uh, Demon, uh, that was his name. I liked him in that. He had a short role in that film. But, uh, if you guys haven't seen uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Five: New Beginning? Definitely uh, check that out. Uh, shout out to the other guys in the Horrors Returns when they did. Um, what was Lance and I? We did an interview with uh, Deborah Voorhees nice. somewhere somewhere back in the uh, in the archive. Check it out. All right, this was directed by Craig R. Baxley. I believe he directed, um, I think it was I Come in Peace, uh, as well as, uh, I think, one of the Turtles films. I want to say it was Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. I haven't seen those films in, in a long time. Uh, he did, yeah, see, this is, we'll, we'll get back to Action Jackson in a second. You guys know how we go. Uh, I rest or uh, I come in peace. Have you seen that one with Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it by? It went by a different name, like Dark Angel or yeah. something like that. See, I saw it when it was I come in peace. I don't know where Dark Angel came from, but all right. Uh, he also directed a uh, Stone Cold with uh, Brian Bosworth. How oh, we got to put that on the schedule? <laughs> yes, because I do not remember that. I've seen it. Uh, Mike and I saw it, and I, I do not remember that film at all. I remember, um, what's his name was in it? Lance, Lance Henriksen. Was he the bad guy in that one? I think so. Yeah, but all right. Action Jackson. This is a film that, that I, I saw in a the theater. Um, I do not remember what. We saw it when, like, that first weekend it came out. Uh, huge Carl Weathers fans, and it was finally good to see him be the uh the main star of something because a lot of the films that he's been in up to this point he was either more like the co-star a lot of people know him as uh um the king of sting um uh apollo creed from uh the rocky films um or uh was it chubbs and happy gilmore yeah and uh and a ton of other things he's also um and uh, The Mandalorian, which is uh, coming out uh, next month, October 30th, uh, season two. He's also in that. Good to see him in that. 
Um, but Action Jackson, we went and seen this. Uh, I think the last time I saw this is when I first seen it. Well, I might have seen bits and pieces when it was on cable, but all the way through, other than this time right now, is when I actually when I saw it in the theater. And I remember not being that much of a fan of it. I was like, eh, it was okay. Yeah, we got to see Vanity Topless, so that was a that was a <laughs> plus. But I I just did not remember this film at all. The only scene I really remember was. Uh, when uh, I remember the vanity word, what's her name? Uh, Sydney Ash. She was a, a drug addict, and I remember she, her going to see uh, the Sonny Landham, the Doctor Quick, or whatever his name was, Mister Quick. I remember that scene, and that was it. I do not know, remember the the story and or anything else. I even totally forgot Sharon Stone was in this, and uh, I did, I guess I should have looked at the poster because she's right there on it, but. Uh, Watching this now, the, uh, the 2020 Nez, I loved it. It's goofy. He, I'm glad he didn't go overboard with the one-liners. He he started to, but didn't. It didn't get too bad. But um, for what this film is, if you just want just senseless action and, and shoot 'em up violence and everything, that this is the film for you because. Uh, this watch, this rewatch, man, I loved it. I just thought it was awesome. This isn't on Blu-ray yet, is it? Uh, not that I can find. All right, because um, I guess I'll. I had, but see, I'm one of those guys. If if I buy it on DVD, the next day it'll come out on Blu-ray. But that always happens. Always. Yeah. What was this on Stars or I don't remember. Yeah, and and I I, I feel you on that one because I just purchased. The entire Rambo franchise on the what is it the Ultra HD uh, Blu-ray disc and one? no uh, I I bought the, the the single ones what do you call them the what's the what's the one about Blu-ray the 4K yeah H whatever there's some letters after it I don't know yeah I bought all those because they were on sale on Amazon and then they just announced that the the entire franchise is going to get a steelbook set, which I know I'm going to probably end up buying that one too. Yeah, I saw that today because uh, I saw that there was a, a 2001 Space Odyssey steelbook. So I guess it was only re- released over in the UK because so, I didn't see it here. But And then as I'm scrolling along, I see the Rambo one and I'm like, uh, I have all the single ones as well. So I'm like, damn it. Whole all of them steelbook. All right, I just <laughs> I just gotta rebuy it, man. These, these motherfuckers, yeah. man, they see us coming. <laughs> and and it looks like they're gonna be individually steelbook each movie into one little case. Oh, okay. I thought it was like one giant steelbook, and then with all the movies in it. Yeah. So they 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 get my money every time. Yeah, they do. They they get us. I mean, of course. And of course, if this came out on Blu-ray, then it'll come out in a steelbook, and we'll have both <laughs> versions of it. So, but uh, 1988's Action Jackson. Uh, again, I just loved this film. It. I remember it not being that uh, big of a, a blockbuster as they wanted it to be. Uh, the budget was $7 million, uh, but the box office... 
it made its money back. It at least doubled it. It uh, twenty point two million. So that was good. Uh, Lori Mar film. I don't. I remember the logo when it pops up on the screen, but I have not seen that in a long time. But from what I understand, a quick little story on this film: when uh, Carl Weathers was filming uh, Predator, uh, the producer Joel Silver, he, he was a huge fan of. Um, uh, black exploitation films and he wanted to do one but he didn't i don't know i guess he just didn't uh couldn't find the right project so while they were sitting there in between takes on predator uh joel silver and carl weathers came up with the idea of hey i can just be a, a cop and and we can do this and do that and come up with a story and carl weathers is the one that came up with action jackson and joel silver dug it all right we'll do it and this is what we got uh, again, I didn't really care for it in 88, but in 2020, I fucking love this film. It was just hilarious. It was awesome to see, uh, like I said, all these actors that you know. And, uh, I mean, the story I mean, the, the story is good if you sit there and think about it. Um, you got this, uh, this corrupt, uh, corrupt businessman trying to take out uh, all the, um, the union workers. The head of the unions, uh, the union was called... Um, I think it was the AWA, the Auto Workers Alliance. Um, Delaplane, uh, Craig T. Nelson's character, he's he's just basically trying to smooth up with everybody and then slowly start taking them out. And uh, the story between uh, Jackson and Delaplane, uh, Jackson was the was the, the the officer. Well, he was a lieutenant at the time. Uh, two years before this story starts, and he put away uh, Delaplane's uh, son into prison. So there was a, a whole hoopla with that, and actually got uh, Jackson uh, booted down, demoted to a sergeant. So for two years, he he's just been just pissed and always didn't want to get back at Delaplane, but he knew he was doing dirty doing dirty stuff, so he wanted to bring him down. So that's. Uh, that was the story of them. And then you got Delaplane trying to be basically the king of Detroit uh, in the autos uh, workers union. So he's slowly just taking out his competition uh, as well as other people that get in the way. So and in between all that story, you got uh, all the, the, the violence and the action and everything and then in this film. So that's pretty much the storyline. Well, we'll break it down a little bit more in a second. But what did you think of it uh, on this rewatch? Yeah, I have a confession. When I was rewatching this, I realized I've never seen this movie all the way through because there was so much that I would just I neither just completely forgot it or I've never seen it. Like some of the overtop action. Um, I just like you, I totally forgot Sharon Stone was in it, even though she's on the poster. I don't remember Vanity getting naked. Because I sure, as a young man, would have remembered Vanity getting naked. And I will have to, I give a credit on her acting in this one. Because uh, her as a junkie, I don't know if she drew from actual, because she had sobriety issues in real life. I don't know if she drew from that, but like she was very believable. And um, I enjoyed Craig T. Nelson as the villain. It it was just it's a a fantastic eighties action movie. It's completely eighties because you got Herbie Hancock does does the music for the movie, and it's just it's that over the top action that that you you remember as a kid watching these these eighties movies. And 
Yeah, I loved it. Loved the story. Loved seeing all those 80s action henchmen that that was in damn near every movie that came out. You know, they're they're all here in some way or uh, some way. And um, yeah, completely enjoyed this one. Uh, I I would I would I I wouldn't even call this a rewatch. It it just felt like I was watching this for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it was just when you said action jackson i was kind of like did i did i bring this one up or did you i don't i don't remember i would shoot all kinds of stuff to you <laughs> i think i uh um i was i was gonna because we just did the mission impossible retrospective i was thinking about us doing a rocky one but then i was like no let's uh let's kind of get some movies in before we jump into another franchise and i just kind of went with Cobra for Rocky and then Action Jackson for Apollo and I swore up and down I, I watched this entire movie but watching it I, I just found out I, I I've neither not seen this movie I've not seen this movie all the way through yeah I mean again the only time I saw this all the way through was when I sat in the theater and watched it uh, in 88 and um, where I saw it in the neighborhood that I live in um the the theater um it's not a stereotype but it it was a black movie theater so it was where uh, it was black owned and that was pretty much uh, the audience and for those of you that don't believe it because sometimes when i bring this stuff up to to my friends uh you see a lot of it like um it's kind of played out in movies where where the people are talking back to the screen and whatnot that's not just in the movies. If you guys never experienced <laughs> it, that's all real. <laughs> I, I, I lived with it, and it was weird uh, when I got older to go to theaters where everyone is quiet, and I was like, wow. And then I had been away from it for so long, and then when I went back to the Bay Area one time when we went and seen uh, like Hangover 3, I believe, um, and it, it just it just took me back to the old days because there was a couple in there, uh, a couple guys and some gals that just kept spouting out stuff throughout the film, which was hilarious because it was it was funny. But um, when I saw this, uh, it was Friday night. Everyone was pretty much keyed up and liquored up because you can hear the <laughs> bottles and the cans rolling around on the floor, and you could smell the weed in the air. That was that's what I loved about that theater. The the, the owners or they just didn't care. Or just maybe didn't want to get into no commotion, but I remember people smoking cigarettes in there. I remember smelling weed and alcohol every all the time. So everybody <laughs> was having a good time in there. And man, did they go off on this film. They were just laughing and cheering and just all kinds of things. Uh, just Sometimes you couldn't even hear what was going on on the screen, but... It was it was a good time and it made me laugh and everything. So this rewatch, um, I only just the little bits that I remembered. I yeah, like I said, I did not remember this story at all. And my only problem I had with this film, I, mean, I love Craig T. Nelson, Coach. I just couldn't buy it him as as this big bad guy trying to be the the king of the of the the auto detroit well that that's that's why they had that whole scene where he he's training with the uh, the one dude that uh 
you've seen him and I forgot the guy's name. Uh, he's been in a, a whole bunch of movies. I think his name was James Liu and they're, they're, they're practicing their martial arts. And then of course, you know, Craig T. Nelson, he has to fuck him up at the end to, sh- to, to show the audience, show the moviegoers uh, that, that he's, he's equal to action Jackson. Uh, you can clearly <laughs> see that wasn't him, but um, uh, James Liu, the yes, w- when you see him, man, his hair looked glorious in this. Uh, but this young gentleman, well, at the time he was young, pretty much anything to do with martial arts uh, in the 80s, uh, this and uh, Ali Yong were in. Uh, both of them were in Big Trouble in Little China and just stuff you've seen throughout i remember seeing him and i'm I'm looking at his uh, imdb i do remember uh james being in kung fu uh tj hooker um he did big little china in 86 steel justice that's a film i have not seen in a long time i don't have to dig that one up but this guy he's been in, in just so many uh movies uh showdown in little tokyo if you guys haven't seen that uh the american ninja films he was in and it's just crazy on how much this guy has done and still working today uh he's he's a stunt man and he just pops in and here and there but he's he's got a face that you've seen him before in something again a lot of these guys mm-hmm. have so i mean that's what i i think that was the the main thing that i really loved about this film um other just even if it was someone that just had maybe a line or maybe they were just standing there, you knew who they were. And like, wow, this is just this, the cast at this time, they were still coming up. But now, I mean, you know, everybody in this, you've seen them in something. Well, at least one or two of these guys have been in some movie that you just love and you watch over and over. So I really loved a, a lot of the, the actors in this, but, I mean, the action is there, of course. When when you got a movie called Action Jackson, they got to throw it at you. And uh, they really did it. They, they, these are the days, all no CGI. This was all stunts and explosions and, and gunshots and everything in it. And the practical effects, uh, it was mainly just during the blood, uh, The the if you got hit with bullets, uh, the blood, uh, the bullet shot, the bullet wounds. I thought those, those were cool because they kind of little, they went for it. Because when you got hit with a bullet, the blood did, it would just mm-hmm. spilled out everywhere. So I did. I did love all that, but again, the the story in this one is Delaplane trying to take out all his competition. Because in the very beginning of the film, you got Edo Ross and uh, Mary Ellen Trainer. Um, they're all they're dealing. They're all they're part of the uh, what did I call that? Uh, the AWA um, Auto Workers Alliance, and uh, they're just not playing playing ball with Delaplane. So he hires um, this group of supernatural assassins i don't know they, they were kind of <laughs> like ninjas because they would appear and, and reappear it, it was crazy but they called them the invisible men uh all those guys were cool because every single one of them you know some of them uh were from uh um, die hard and uh brian libby I, I remember him if you guys have seen uh chuck norris's silent rage uh, amazing film he, he's uh john kirby in that plus he was um I think he was in Heat as well. But, he, I mean, John Libby, he's been in a ton of things. He, he's got one of those faces. Oh, I, I know that guy, but you just don't know his name. So uh, they go in there. They come busting through the window like uh, the SWAT. 
team and just basically just take out um well they blew up uh no no did how did uh the the secretary uh, mary ellen trainer get it did, did they shoot her or the he punched her and she oh. died <laughs> well yeah yeah i assume broke her nose and it shot up into her brain but i don't know it was just one punch but uh Ed Ross they were just trying to give give a leave a message to him and they basically blow him up and uh no that one dude with the crazy grenade launcher blank mm-hmm. or gun or whatever shoots him out the window and uh that stunt was amazing it, it, it looked like some of it was uh, just a, a dummy that they threw out but there it was a stunt man on fire that goes crashing through uh windows so i i like my hat goes off to all those stunt guys that do stuff like this, so I thought that was awesome. So that that's how the story begins, and then um, I like the little the I can't remember the the one character. He it was it was a black gentleman. I can't remember his name. He was the uh, the little uh, I guess crook guy that uh, kept getting into trouble because. Um, Biff and Biff. Well, everyone just knows him as Biff. Biff, yeah, De- and, Detective Biff. Yeah, Biff, and um, uh, I think his name was Officer Lack. Uh, Roger Aaron Brown. Those two, they're just two flatfoots, and uh, they they see this uh, this young guy. They're like, man, they know he's about to do something bad, so they they basically chase him down and take him back to the police station. But before they do that, they're trying to scare him. Like, well, what are you guys gonna do to me? Oh, well, we're going to lock you up, but maybe you're going to have a session uh, with Action Jackson. And I, what? And then Action Jackson, uh, he's got this um, citywide, uh, what do you call it? Um, basic, rumors, basically, on, mm-hmm. on what Action Jackson does to all, all the bad guys. So they're, they're just trying to scare him. So, and then uh, what happens? Oh, um because that 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 guy get kind of gets away, he gets loose in the police station. But yeah, because uh, Biff uh, Biff's trying to to get a hand job or get something from from the prostitute that's at the other desk, and then she kicks him in the nuts, and uh, that kid seizes the opportunity to run, and then this just this just leads to a hilarious chase through the police station. And it, all you needed was like some Benny Hill music to this because everybody's just falling down everywhere. And then he just runs into to Sergeant Jericho, Action Jackson, spills coffee all over his paperwork. And then as soon as he realizes who it is, he just faints. <laughs> I don't know what it is with the 80s and police stations. Every time they they have these type of films, there's always hookers in there. Always. I mean, they're sitting there getting booked or, or I don't know. It's it's always one big giant room with a million desks. Uh, you got some officers in the uniforms, the other guy, the detectives in their street clothes and ties and cigarettes and coffee, and there's always hookers in there. Yeah. Is it just me or is there always one cop that they know, like, really well, like, by name? Yeah, there's always that. I mean... <laughs> even, even like the lethal weapon ones, they all knew. Um, damn it! What was Mel's? Uh, Mel Gibson's name? Uh, Martin Riggs. Yeah, I was gonna Mel. say I was gonna say Martaw. 
they all knew him as well as uh detective Murtaugh. they all knew they all knew them but i don't know no they were captains for a second in the fourth one are we doing those yeah, it's, okay. it's on schedule. All right, well, yeah, we'll, we, we'll get we'll get back to them. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a very long schedule. <laughs> but uh, yeah, back to the hookers. Oh yeah, Biff. Uh, they just come walking and he's trying to be cute and he goes, "Hey, how much for a hand job?" And she goes, "Well, what about a foot job?" And he's like, "Well, what's that?" And she <laughs> kicks him in the balls and that's what starts off the melee. And that little um, that little black kid just goes running away and all. Yeah, man. If the Benny Hill Benny Hill music was there, I mean, it would just, it would just made that scene more awesome. But we're finally introduced to Carl Weathers, Action Jackson, and he, there's again in these films, there's always the hard ass uh, captain uh, of the force, and that is a uh, Bill Duke, uh, Captain Arm Brewster Bruster, I, I, however, but. He's the one that, that knows everything about action. He's the one that knows that he was uh, demoted to sergeant. But uh, Jackson is he's just trying to just take down Delaplane because he knows there's some dirt. But uh, Captain's like, just leave it alone. And he goes, man, you almost uh, took out his son. You, you almost uh, took his arm off. Out of the one-liners, this is the one I didn't. I just thought it was stupid. I remember the first. I can. I do remember hearing this the first time. Going, that's the kind of movie it's gonna be because he goes, "Yeah, you almost took his arm off." And then uh, Action Jackson goes, "He's got a spare." I was like, oh, "Really? <laughs> I mean, is that all you can come up with?" Uh, I can't write nothing for shit. Anyone? I'm just some guy that talks shit about movies. But I was like. Uh, I mean, at this point in the eighties, late eighties, we've already had the Arnolds and all those with the one-liners and everything. So, but th- that's what they tried to do with this one. I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad they didn't go overboard with them. They threw in a couple. I mean, just enough to eh, get some chuckles, but they, it wasn't like every other thing, every other line from um, Action Jackson was a was a one-liner. So. Uh, I was like, ah, okay. That's the type of film we're going with. But, um, so we're then we're introduced uh, to uh, Peter Delaplane, uh, Craig T. Nelson, and you just know he he's up to work. I didn't like his silver hair. What did you think of that? Uh, it didn't bother me. I mean, it clear, like you said, it clearly looked like a different person in the action scenes with the silver hair, but it it didn't really bother me that much. I, just, I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't. I don't know. Well, at this point in his career, we had him as a, as a dad in the Poltergeist films. And I don't think Coach was on quite yet. Was that in the 90s? I think it came later in the 90s. Okay. So, but at, at, right now, at this point, all I only knew him as, as the dad in Poltergeist. But so we kind of see uh, how, what he's doing. And, and he is talking about uh, uh, just getting to uh, basically they were going to have a uh, hoopla for um i believe it was the head uh, of the uh the auto workers union or auto worker workers alliance uh it was his birthday coming up and they were going to try to um just basically grease him up uh if he doesn't go along with the plan then they were going to axe him and i don't know about any of you if you any of you uh criminals out there listening if you discuss your stuff with your spouse 
But please tell your henchmen and all the guys you're doing dirty work to keep their mouths shut and not just talk about anything anywhere. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was kind of dope. At the, I know I'm jumping ahead, everyone, but <laughs> um, he, I'll I'll get back to that. But anyway, so we find out who Peter Bella Peter Delaplane is, and uh, he's going to be speaking at uh, one of the uh, the union uh, banquets, I guess. Uh, the, the captain tells Jackson, well, we need you to go there and, uh, just be a representative for the, the Detroit police department. He's like, ah, he doesn't want to. So he goes there and this is when he, we meet, uh, Patrice Delaplane, uh, Sharon Stone. I love Sharon Stone. Yeah. She doesn't had the, she's had some bombs uh, in her career, but this is, uh, the, the very young beginning of her, her career, I would say. Um, I don't know about 2020 Sharon Stone, but uh, 1988 Sharon Stone. Damn, she looked hot. And mm-hmm. I don't know. What, I don't know what it is, but the the backless the back the backless dresses are the ones that always get me, especially if you're in shape. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, he's back there. Hey, Jackson's at in, in the back hanging out. Dale Plains on stage talking about everyone. Kiss my ass, and and I'm gonna run Detroit and. Uh, uh yeah, I'm for the for the the workers alliance. And he's sitting and she's talking to him and he doesn't know who she is and she's like, "Yeah." She goes, "Oh, you're not a fan of his?" And he went, "Nope." And that's why I'm standing here in the back. And then she's like, "Ah, well, I guess you just got to get to know him." And then he finds out that she is uh Peter Delplane's wife. So he's like, "Uh, basically put his foot in his mouth." Cuz uh Delplane, "All right, and here's my wife Patrice." And then she goes up. So he's like, "Fuck." They're sitting there, and then uh, they uh, they kind of have a talk. Uh, Jackson runs in, runs into Delaplane, and then he's just telling him, just giving him dirty looks, and telling him, uh, "I, I would have took you, I would have took you down as well, like your son." But um, who knows what happened? Probably something in the court systems. But so we know that there's uh, animosity between the both of them. Uh, Patrice uh, Sharon Stone's character, she doesn't know anything about what's going on because she's actually. Uh, the second wife uh, for Peter Delaplane, because his first wife, uh, um, they just said she she died. But we'll get back to her later on in the story. So uh, action's like, I know something's happening. So he ends up going home. Uh, he has a awesome little uh, talk with, uh, if you guys remember, the um, the limo driver from Die Hard, a... Is it Devereaux White? He played uh, Clovis in there. He was uh, the kid that drove his car mm. for him. Yeah. Uh, I think his name is Devereaux. Oh, man, that, that kid, man, he, he's been in a ton of things as well. But I liked him in um, when he was the junkie in uh, not Judgment Night. Um, oh, um, South Central? No, Trespass. Trespass, okay. With uh, Ice Cube and Ice T and uh, Death and Bill Paxton. Uh, what's Death's name? Um, from Bill and Ted. Uh, uh, William Sadler. Yeah, him. Yeah, he's in. I love that movie. Throw that on there somewhere. I, I love that one. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's just a little quick little uh, meetup with him. So again, it was good to see him uh, pop up into this film. So. Mm-hmm. 
uh, actions at home just kind of kicking back. He gets a uh, phone call uh, on his answering machine from uh, Robert Davy, uh, character. His name is Tony Moretti, and he's basically telling him, um, "Well, the his the answering machine is going, but then there is a um, a story on the news talking about uh, which we passed. <laughs> we'll get back to that in a minute, but basically, someone." Uh, they're both they're this, they're one of the rich uh, union guys, uh, his boat blew up. And they're also talking about uh, uh, Edo Ross and Mary, uh, Mary Ellen Trainer, uh, other characters, uh, Stringer, and they just name her as secretary. They're talking about that, that they had also got killed or they, in an explosion uh, earlier this week. But then there was another explosion on this boat uh, where uh, one of the other union guys got, uh, they just said his boat blew up. So they they didn't know why. So he was mainly listening to the uh, the story on on the news, uh, and you, but you can hear the the answering machine in the background, and uh, Tony Moretti is telling him like Jericho, man, come on, you you got to help me. I mean, I know what's going on with, with Della playing, but it's just kind of crossover stuff between that the cell the, the cell phone, the answering machine, and. The uh, TV, so you can really kind of got not really hear it, but he does say, "Give me a call or come see me." So he kind of just, all right, whatever. He doesn't really think about it. But uh, let me let go back a little bit because we jumped. Um, there was a, a scene where there was this uh, one of these rich guys on a boat. Um, that guy, I see him in a ton of things. Um, he was also in Poltergeist. Uh, his name is Michael McManus. He played. Um, damn it! I just clicked on this thing. Where is it? Um, he played Grantham, uh, another one of the another Union guy. He, he he's one of those rich dudes on this big old yacht. Um, he got this uh, one of his bodyguards, I guess, and and the boat captain kind of walking along, talking about t- trying to tell him stupid jokes. Like, what do you call? Uh, a guy, well, what's the guy's name hanging on the wall? Oh, art and stupid shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and then all of a sudden you you hear a, th- and then you see the uh, the guy telling jokes has an arrow through him. And the captain's like, what the hell's going on? And he turns around. And this is when we see Brian Libby's character. His name is Marlin. He's got one of those uh, butterfly knives and throws it at him and stabs him and they go fall into the water. So they're like, what the hell's going on? So Grantham's in his office uh, on the boat talking uh, to someone else about more uh, union stuff and basically telling bad mouth and Delaplane and all that. So they come in, they look at him. What did they do to him before he blows up? Did they shoot him or stab him or? I think they, I want to say they shot him. If they did, if they shot him or stabbed him, I, I don't remember. But it was like for he basically fell on the ground because uh, they walk over with a little suitcase. They open it up, and you can there's a, a basically a suitcase full of C4, and mm-hmm. the timer is like almost to zero. So at this point, they handcuffed him to it and to, like to the wall or something, so there was no way he can get away or, or throw it away. So he's like, ah, then the boat blows up. As the boat blows up, I don't know how fast these invisible men were, but they were pretty far away within seconds before that boat blew up because they show them, I think there was like about five of them in a boat looking back as the boat blows up. So 
that was the story, the news story that uh, the that, uh, Action Jackson was listening to. So after that police, uh, or after the he finds out and everything, he goes, uh, Jackson goes back to work, and, uh, and he's finally just trying to figure out, well, what's happening. And uh, someone says, hey, man, uh, your friend called. And like, who? And then, so he ends up calling him back, and it was um, Tony Moretti. And he's like, dude, you got to... You got to come see me, man. I, I got some information for you. So he goes over to see him. And then when he gets there, uh, Tony Moretti is just like scared to death. He looks like shit and he's sweating and don't look like he's even slept in, in days because he know he knows something's going to happen to him uh, once and stuff. He really doesn't say uh, what Delaplane's uh, plan is because he does find out. But um Action Jackson, like, do you need to calm down, bro? Just, I'm going to go do this, and then I'll be back. And he's like, all right. So as he's leaving, uh, we see uh, a black guy. Um, that's Bob Miner. His name is Gamble. He uh, is dressed up like as a, a UPS uh, delivery man. He goes in there, and he knocks on the door, and already answers it. And he goes, oh, I got a package for you. And then he goes, oh, okay. And then he gets blasted with the. Doesn't the he have a one-liner? It says like COD or cash on delivery or something. I remember him saying that, but what was the? I think that that that's, he said. I don't know. I think because he, he was a delivery guy. I think he says like COD or cash on delivery right before he shoots him. Yeah, I don't remember the whatever he said. I remember the COD part, but I don't remember the, the build up to that. But then he shoots him and then. Did he blow up? No. No, he, he just shot he him. Just, he and, just shot him and then rolled out. Yeah, and then later uh, they talk about his condition in the the coroner's office, saying if he wouldn't have been shot, he probably would have been. He probably would have died anyways from the the lack of sleep and malnourished. That uh, basically they were just explaining how how his condition was before he got shot. Yeah, so he's kind of like, oh fuck. Well, he knew something, and. Um, we don't know because they were trying to say, well, the the police were saying, well, it was suicide uh, because uh, he shot himself. And uh, Jackson was like, well, this is, I don't know, guns and bullets, but he was basically, the bullets didn't match the kind of gun that he had because he had like um, a revolver. Mm-hmm. I want to say a thirty-eight because they, they show him holding it. And they go, but the bullets were like nine millimeters or something like that. So he goes, that, that wasn't his gun. He And why did he shoot himself in the chest? So. That that's how movies go. They, he's but there's always that one friend <laughs> that doesn't believe that their friend killed themselves. So, um, okay. So he know he kind of has this feeling that Dale Plain is behind it. Um, so but then we're introduced. This is when we're introduced to uh, Sidney Ash, uh, Vanity's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Bell Dale Plain goes to watch her. Uh, he's just basically his side chick, some little uh, little junkie heroin addict that's uh, trying to be a singer. Well, she is a singer, but he promises her the world, saying that oh, I can, I know people in Motown, Motown Records, uh, they'll they'll sign you. But um, here, suck on this before I, I, I get, <laughs> give them the call. Is that like his thing in the movie that he has to get her like super high before they do anything? I. I don't think he needed to, but that I think as a junkie that she knew he has it. He he's got the good stuff. So 
I think she, I mean at that point junkies will do whatever you want uh when you want and everything but that, that uh I've I've been a fan of Vanity uh Vanity 6 uh with with all her her songs and you know, when we did uh not Double Dragon the the last dragon mm-hmm. uh I I liked her, her songs in that but this song and this one was I mean, you heard it at the beginning of this. Everyone, it was it was playing in the background. <laughs> the uh, the chorus, uh, "Can you kiss me, baby? Undress me." I was like, '80s <laughs> songs, uh, boys and girls. I mean, you, you either love them or hate them. <laughs> but I don't know who wrote these songs, but I I just laughed. I mean, there's another song that, that's playing later in this dear with uh, the Pointer Sisters and. Uh, that, no, I think that was the song in the very beginning of, of the film. I think all I remember is uh, something about he turned me out, and I'm like, damn, man, they're pretty straightforward in these songs. Uh, the video for that for uh, he turned me, I think it's called he turned me out. The video with the Pointer Sisters and uh, Action Jackson and Vanity, and it, it's, it's it's crazy, but 80 songs, everyone, uh, you, you gotta love them. But anyway, Vanity's up there singing and performing. Del Plain's sitting there getting his dick getting all hearty because he knows he's gonna tax him <laughs> in a few minutes. But so, uh, this is when she goes backstage and we're, we're introduced to her bodyguard, this big black gentleman named Ed, which I loved. I thought he was awesome. Yeah. In this, <laughs> but so he's just telling her what she wants to hear about the Motown guy and all that. And he goes, ah, but I know what you want and um. I don't know. I guess it was kind of more of an upscaled uh, club because it it didn't look all seedy or anything. So, but I guess when you're the star, you got to have a bed in your uh, dressing room. So, oh yeah, <laughs> they go in there, lay down. She undresses, and uh, we see the the fun bags and everything. And um, I know nothing about uh, shooting up heroin. The only stuff I've known is from movies, and I think you need to inject it into a vein, not just stab it into your legs. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, okay. Um, and I, I love the uh, the Vic Vega uh, syringe that he had, because Vic Vega from Pulp Fiction, he had that little fancy one. But this one was like extra fancy. It was already loaded up, needled up, and everything. Giant, it was a giant syringe, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that much would have killed her, but it's a movie. Because <laughs> he just he just pumped it into her leg, and then one thing led to another. Just, I don't know what heroin does to you, but I, I, don't, I don't know. They, they didn't get that far. It, it fades to black, but... So that's uh, who we're introduced to. Um, oh, it goes to uh, uh, back to uh, Delapain after he's done taxing it. He he goes home. Sharon Stone's there, and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, I just had a rough day at the office." And da da da. But the next day, uh, this is um, he's got to go to. He's getting ready to go to work. Sharon Stone kind of gets out of the shower. Uh, and she she got naked uh, during this film too, but um, she overhears uh, one of uh, Delaplane's uh, uh, evil henchmen. Um, I assume talking to another henchman and telling them uh, what they were gonna do to. Um, I think it was the guy that they were gonna throw the party for later on. One of the other union high ups 
uh, mm-hmm. in the union, telling them what they were going to do because he's not playing. He's not playing ball with them. Uh, God dang it! What's his name? Um, he was Bruno in Swamp Thing. Oh, uh, Nicholas Worth. Uh, he played. Uh, I think it was Carter in this. He's on the phone talking. Uh, Sharon Stone. And she overhears what's happening, so she's kind of like, "Oh no!" So she runs to uh, tell uh, her husband, but he's getting ready to leave, and he's like, he knows what he's doing, but he's acting like, what? Maybe you heard wrong. And he's like, no, no, they're going to do something, and I don't know if they're going to try to hurt you and all this. And he's like, well, I I can't deal with that right now. I got to go. I got to go. So she's all worried and scared. So he's like, oh, fuck. So he's like, all right, well, I will deal with that later on. So he kind of just drives off, but um jackson he jericho action jackson he he was gonna go to del plane and talk to him because he knows that he's uh, a part of this workers alliance deal so he was gonna try to see what he knew about the deaths of the two guys that have, that have, one they, they got blown up and thrown out his window and the other guy's boat blew up so he wanted to go there to investigate and ask del plane what if what he knew but uh he was gone but uh sharon Stone, well um I'm going to go somewhere downtown or whatever. And he goes, well, here, I'll give you a ride. And like, granted, this is the second time she met this guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she's like, all right, cool. She knows he's a police officer. So she jumps in and then she ends up just, um, I assume didn't take her where she needed to go. Cause they ended up in that little, uh, that little restaurant bar. Yeah. And then this is when she just kind of spilling the beans on what she heard. He doesn't tell her anything of, because obviously he knows that she's not a part of all, all his dirty work. So he's just trying to, well, all right, I'll see what I can do. All right, let's get out of here. Because you could clearly see she's scared. Mainly she was worried about her husband. She didn't want him uh, to be hurt. And uh, this is the scene that, that is in the trailer because she's like, oh, I wanted to ask you something. Why do they call you action? But right before she says that, says that you hear you see this. A yellow taxi in the background come speeding up top speed and that's when she goes why does they call you action and then he grabs her and they go flipping over the the, <laughs> the, the car and then he's like ah oh. where are you going i gotta catch a cab or some stupid one-liner like that yeah he he did not have the best one-liners throughout this movie i don't i, I don't think they were focusing on the one-liners I mean, nothing against his delivery and uh, his acting, but yeah, it's they just weren't good one-liners for him. It was just like obvious uh, stuff to say, cause, just because I ca- I gotta catch a cab. Oh, yeah. All right, <laughs> so but I did love this scene. Uh, I just love it when they do these kind of um, uh, someone's in a car and the other guy's on foot running after. Uh, we just had a, a million a, a marathon with uh, Mission Impossible with Ethan running everywhere, but uh, Carl Weathers is a much bigger gentleman than uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, he's all ripped up and everything. So, but he did haul ass. We did see him hauling ass in uh, Rocky Three, but we'll get that later on in the um, few future episodes. Um, but yeah, when he goes running and. There's always traffic in these big cities, so okay, you can probably catch uh, this cab if you're running after it, but all right. But he goes running and jumping and lands on top. 
But I did like this one liner. He was like, "Okay, I guess this wasn't a good idea because this guy is uh, it's it uh, what's his name is driving it the 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 one of the gamble uh, Bob Miner, mm-hmm. uh, the black gentleman. He's uh, hauling ass around every corner and everything, and while uh, Action Jackson is hanging on to the top. And uh, I always love when they do this in films too, when when the bad guys just pull out their guns and just just start firing, shooting bullets to the roof. And they never hit whoever is on the roof. But how did he crash? I don't even remember. Um, well, he, he hits the brakes. Uh, Jackson flies off. And this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, how he's just yelling at the dude to just like put the gun down and come at me like a man. And the, the, the guy uh, puts the gun down and he just floors it straight towards Jackson. And then he does a full flip <laughs> over the car. And then, of course, the guy's like trying to, you know, looking back because he's he's amazed, too, that this guy just flipped over the car. And then he goes crashing into a building, flipping. And somehow he survives because when Jackson goes and checks the car, he's gone. But, yeah, that that flip over the car was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like a, a perfect 10. <laughs> <laughs> but but right before but right before all that whole uh, that yelling and screaming at him when he was on the top of the taxi cab, this is how he fell off. He was like, "All right, I've had enough" or, or something to to that. And he just like basically just he like pounds the the windshield and yeah, whoosh, yeah. It, it all falls <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm like uh, I don't know if you guys have ever punched or hit a windshield, it, but I don't care how strong you are. The whole thing isn't going to fall apart uh, when you do that. But, hey, it's Action Jackson. <laughs> so then all that. But, yeah, dude, that flip. Oh, man. I watched. I actually watched this twice because <laughs> I, I enjoyed it that much. Uh, th- that flip, man, He just it, you can clearly see it wasn't him. But <laughs> <laughs> He like took two steps and leaped. It just flipped, perfect form. Everything that lands and and then that car crashes. Like, the um, uh, the most amazing crash too. Just flipping all through the air into the building, which that building really wasn't made of nothing sturdy either, because it, it just, the roof just collapses. And yeah, amazingly, this guy's just gone. He's not in the car. Yeah, because after that car, other than it, it's like they did like um, a team always did these with the, the car crashes when when the cars would hit, it always flipped. It would hit one thing, spin in the air, come down on the top. So that's exactly what happened here. And yeah, then either that guy had a tough, uh, really strong seatbelt, but these are the days of the just lap belts. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think there was a, a shoulder strap at this point. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I don't know what kind of car it was, but he is gone. Uh oh, we go back to the the Dell Plane uh mansion. Sharon Stone is there and she is just scared because somebody just tried to run her over and Jackson over, so she's he telling her, Oh, this happened, that happened, and and he's like, Oh, well, what did you uh tell her or tell him? And she goes, Well, I told him what uh Bruno his name wasn't Bruno. Um I think it was like Edgar Carter, uh, what what he said, and he was like, "Oh, okay." But 
I think at this point when uh, Delaplane knew earlier uh, earlier in the day when she was trying to tell him something, I think he knew what he had to do because when Delaplane got home, uh, Carter was downstairs and here you go. It's all nice and clean. He gave him his <laughs> gun. And then he goes upstairs to talk to his wife and found he found out what she told Jackson. So like uh, any good, bad uh, guy trying to take over the city, he, he's got to take out uh, everyone that knows too much. So he blasted her uh, in the chest. Well, I guess he did. He he, he took it out uh, already. He, he beat it up when he came home after he wrecked uh, Vanity. So. But yeah, so she she ends up dead. <clears throat> um, after she died, where did where did it go? Oh, um, uh, I think this is when Jackson goes looking for Vanity. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he went he went back to uh, wherever she was playing. And uh, he, he had watched her, and I think this is when she was singing some other crazy song uh, <laughs> from this film. <laughs> but I didn't like that song as much as the first one, uh, the, the Can You Kiss Me one. Um, so he sits there watching it, and then he sees her, and he, he tries to go backstage. And uh, we're introduced to Ed again. And he's like, oh, I just want to meet her. And he's like, oh, I don't think that's going to happen. And he's like, uh, well... And he like uh, hit him a couple times. No, he hit him once, and he's like, "I advise you not to do that again." And he goes, "Well, what do you, what do you do? You'd probably put me through that wall." And Big Ed's like, "No, that goes against my Muslim beliefs." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And then he kind of steps back. Carl Weathers was a was he a running back for the Raiders? Uh, let me double check that. I think he was. I remember when he was playing uh, when he played for the Raiders way back in the day. Yeah, so, uh, Oakland Raiders. He was a, I believe he was a running back, uh, linebacker. linebacker, linebacker. Yeah, so he takes uh, takes his stance and charges. Ed is a big gentleman. He said he weighed two hundred and seventy five pounds. Uh, he was tall and he was a big dude. So he goes crash. They go. He hits him. They go crashing through the uh, vanity or Sydney Ash's door. She's already loaded up. She, she injected herself, so she's like just, just tripping out, uh, basically, because she's not making any sense. And then he's like, "All right, well, we gotta go because uh, I think you're you're in danger." Did she know what was going on, or were, were they just gonna? They no, I I took it as she thought Dave was about to go fuck or something, because he kept saying, "I'm gonna take you somewhere," and I think she thought it was somewhere. Not, I don't know, because she just kept, every time he took her someplace, she just kept referring to him as a square. This isn't fun. And, of course, you know, he's not even listening to none of that. <laughs> because, yeah, because he does re- tell him, look, I mean, you got you got to come with me because I, I need to protect you because uh, I don't know what you know, but I know you're banging Delaplane, so, so come on. So she's like, all right, she's all drugged out. She don't know what's happening. So she basically thinks that they're going to go fuck somewhere. So she's like, oh yeah, and uh, oh we need to go back because uh, my uh... no 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 that that's later on. But anyways, they're like, well let's go. <laughs> so they go driving, and they w- went to um, they were gonna go to or they were basically got to um, Jackson's uh, apartment, but he sees all these cops and everybody in there, or like cop cars outside, 
and they, they don't really know what's going on. But then he listens to the radio and he finds out that um, they find uh, the dead body of uh, Patrice Delaplane. Uh, her body is inside uh, Jackson's apartment. So, and they see that she's got bullet holes in her chest and she's laying there naked. So they're saying, "Well, Jackson killed her." I mean, and uh, now we need to find him. I don't know what kind of police work. I assume let's ask him questions first, but they just assume, yeah, he killed her, and uh, we we got to find him now. So of we, course. Uh, we, yeah, we got a black cop uh, on the run because <laughs> he killed some white woman uh, in his his apartment. No questions asking why or if he did it. They just assume he did it. That's 80s, everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they would do that today in 2020. Anyway, <laughs> so... They go, well, let's go back to your apartment. And she goes, all right, this party's picking up and some stupid shit like that. So they end up going to her house, and he's like, he tries to go turn on lights and everything. He's like, no, 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 just just leave everything off and don't answer the phone. She's like, why? What's the matter? Because at this point, she doesn't really know what's happening, why he's with her, and she knows nothing of Delaplane's business because he did it right, just kept his mouth shut about what he did, just went over there, used her for her body, and so she knows nothing. But Jackson didn't know. He just, I think she knew something because she was banging uh, Delaplane. <laughs> so he's like, no, no, don't, don't touch anything. But she goes over and touches the Andrew machine. And then they're like, ah, and then <laughs> that blows up. Um, did the Invisible Men come in? Yeah, I think so. If I'm remembering right, I think they came as they were leaving. So there was no fighting because I know there was an explosion, but then they they didn't fight or anything while they were. No, I don't think so. Okay, so they they just got out. uh, Yeah, and this is when they go to uh, his friend, uh, his friend's little hotel, uh, Kid Sable. Yeah, (laughs) Chino Fats Williams. If you guys remember him from uh, uh, Weird Science, he was one of the dudes in the bar. Uh, kind of in the beginning. Plus, he was the the truck driver, the dump driver, dump truck driver in the beginning of Terminator. But again, if you've seen known who, who this guy is, he's been in a ton of movies. But those are the only films that come to my mind. Uh, he was yeah. also in uh, House Party. Yeah, uh, Roadhouse. He's he's. If you heard his voice, you'll you'll remember him and everything he's in. <laughs> So we get a, an awesome little uh, get-together because they're like, hey, we ain't seen uh, Detroit's favorite son in a long time. And uh, they're just kind of laughing around. And I loved, uh, what did they say to each other? Oh, right before they get it, like, oh, man, you old son of a bitch. He goes, if the force don't fade, wait, uh, the force may fade, but the reflex never dies because Kid Sable <laughs> is a, uh, a old retired boxer uh, from Detroit. Because uh, when they introduce him, he goes, yes. Uh, when he, uh, when, they, when he uh, introduces uh, Kid Sable to Vandy, he goes, there's two favorite people that came out of Detroit. We got Joe. Was it Joe? Yeah, it was Joe Lewis and mm-hmm. Kid Sable. And then she goes, oh, nice to meet you, uh, Mr. Lewis. And then he's like, don't look like we got a boxing fan, do we? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I need a room. And he goes, all right. He goes, yeah, we got to breakfast in the morning, so we'll we'll let you know. So. This time she is already starting to uh, jones for her fix because she's kind of like just being all fidgety and everything. But he's like, ah, he goes, all right, you'll be all right. Just come on, let's go. Because he did tell uh, Kid Sable's like, you got any um, 
any uh, guys in this uh, building because uh, she's uh she's she likes candy and he goes uh, no I run a respectable business and then so all right whatever so he goes up there and basically just trying to crash there for the night because they're on the run. Um, but she was still straight up, even if she was strung out, she still wanted, uh, she still wanted to get down. She wanted him to live up to his name. Uh, mm-hmm. She was, she was throwing it at him. Yeah. Still don't, still really don't know who he is, but she was throwing it at him the whole time. Yeah. Again, I mean, I've been around junkies and it's, it's all, they don't care. You could be the 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 nerdiest guy on the block and if you got what they want uh, not uh what's hanging but money and drugs they'll they'll do it for you but anyway i never took part in any of that everyone but i've seen it <laughs> anyway so uh i assume she just toughed it through the night because then the the next day they they kind of wake up and he comes out of the shower and uh someone knocks on the door uh bringing breakfast and it's the uh the little young black gentleman uh, from the beginning of the film that uh, that got arrested because he looks at him and he goes, action, Jackson, and he starts shaking. And then, <laughs> I love the thing, Vanny goes, there was no action in here. <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves her there, but where did, where did he go? Oh. Uh, uh, go ahead. Fuck, I can't remember. He went somewhere. He wanted to go check out check out some leads or something. Oh, okay. no! He went. He is this the part I can't remember. They he goes to that bar and he wants to meet. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember the guy's name. Some something that knew something about Delaplane. So he goes yeah, to the yeah. bar to go meet him. Uh, but then he finds out that uh, that that the guy he's looking for. Uh, the only thing part of him there is his balls in a uh, his balls literally, literally his balls are in a jar <laughs> in this little cupboard in the back of the bar. But um, he goes there and trying to figure it out, and he's like, "Well, huh? no, he took no. He when he goes to that bar, he has vanity with him." Yeah, because I don't know where he left, but. I, yeah, that's the part I'm missing because he leaves, and then when he comes back, that's when she's with Sonny Landum no, trying he, to get a fit. That's uh after this because they, oh, okay. both, they they both go to that to that bar and they're looking for that guy, but he's not there. But he gets into it with them because they're the I assume that's their turf. Um, they they these guys that he he gets into it have nothing to do with the story, but you got to throw some action in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he goes in there asking for so and so, and they're like, "Well, he ain't here." Or no, they they open the door and show him, and they're like, "Well, what's this?" And uh, this is when he finds out that that he's dead, and just his balls are in there because these guys took it from him. So this is when uh, Miguel A. Nunez, he, they just call him as pool room thug. Uh, he he's in there as well as um, I can never get this guy's name. Um, Brands Brands Combi Richmond. Yeah, him. Was he yeah. in Renegade? Yeah, I think so. He's uh, in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um He's in Mortal Kombat, They Live, Hard to Kill, and a bunch of other things. And yeah, again, uh he was in um he was the the Native American guy, Nash Bridges, <laughs> as well as uh Texas or Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, he was in Renegade. Uh, as well um 
Okay. I guess he is Native American. I thought he was uh, an Islander. Yeah. Uh, uh, Native American, Native Hawaiian, French, French Polynesian, Spanish, and Portuguese. Okay. Well, uh, I guess he must have been riding the, Amer- the Amer- Native American uh, actor for all his worth. Because <laughs> he was always the uh, the Native sidekick and in- in- in a lot of these things. But he- he's a good actor. He's been in a ton of things. So uh, He's in there. Uh, Miguel A. Nunez, and there was a the the bartender, the big black gentleman. I I don't mm-hmm. even remember his name in it, but uh, they're in there. Oh, I assume his name is Richard L. Duran, Pool Room Thug, three. Okay. Oh, the 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 bartender was Charles, uh, Mashak Masak. Uh, yeah. Just call him Pool Room Bartender. Yeah. In this, so those. <laughs> Those one, two, three, four. Those four guys got him in the back, and uh, basically they're getting ready to cut his balls off, and, and I assume put him, if not in that jar, maybe in, in another jar and, and stick it in the cupboard after they, after they killed him. Um, but this is when Vanity comes in and uh, tells them that, uh, oh, my brother's, uh, this is my brother, and they're like, oh, this is your brother, and he goes, yeah, uh, well, he's crazy and he's uh he's real spiritual and then he starts oh praise jesus and da, 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 da. And, and it I, works yeah i mean first of all if i was one of these pool hall thugs out of dude i don't buy ain't buying this and, and cut his balls off but did, I, did they know her because it's almost like she came in here and or she came in the room and they were like do you know this guy like we're just gonna go off of her word I assume so. I mean, either they call her show or they just know her as the one of the neighborhood junkies. I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think if you saw someone like Vanity, you would never forget her. But anyway, especially at this time in her career. Sure. Um, so, but uh, I loved uh, Miguel A. Nunez. He was just like, what you talking about, girl? Um, I just love how I, the, the only way I can say it is uh, when, when these black actors, I the the stereotypical stuff that they do in these films they make them i don't know what they tell them act black or or something but <laughs> you know when they do when they have these guys in the roles they tell them you need to be i don't know what the directors tell them be more street be more hood or whatever but they they have to always pour it on <laughs> so but uh it, it fit the roles for these guys and it was funny so but then they all get into this huge uh uh, fight! I don't even remember how he took him out. I just remember they were all fighting, and there was no gunfire in this one, was there? No, he he took everybody out by hand because you know he's Action Jackson. So, oh, so this this was basically just uh, to kill time because it it didn't really have nothing to do with the story. Because no. when, when they leave and they get back to the hotel, and they go, "Well, what happened to you?" Well, I went looking for so and so. He was telling us the kid Sable, and he goes. He goes, man, I could have saved your time. He goes, his balls are in a jar in the bar in the back. <laughs> oh, it was something that he should have known, but everyone else in that neighborhood knew. All right. I think this is where I'm going to get lost now. Uh, after that, where'd they go? Um, I'm blacking out here. Cause oh, oh. This- Okay, I know we we got the Sunny Landham scene coming up. Yeah, but I don't know how we got there. He um he's he's talking to Kid Sable and he goes, well here I know someone you can talk to. He said go to um the uh the salon on on the corner of whatever whatever. 
and, and speak to I want to say her name was was it Diane? Um, I'm trying to scroll through the through the. I can't remember her name. Is it D? D. That one. Okay. Yeah. D. He goes talk to uh, D at the whatever whatever salon. So he goes there. I love this scene, and I love this uh, the, the this character. Her name is her real name is uh, uh, Armella McQueen. She plays D. She's like a hairdresser in just the local salon. All right, this is where I had I, it's a movie, everyone. So I should be taking it easy, but I got a big problem with this scene. I don't know who this D lady is, but she just seems like a a, a nice young lady working at, as a hairdresser. But she knew all the dirt that was going on in Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Because when he goes in there, all right, well, what do you know? And she's got her music blasting in the background. She's dancing and basically kind of rapping and telling him what uh, he wanted to hear. But she knew the dirt on everybody that was doing dirt in Detroit. Is Is that all he said is what do you know? Yeah, because the kids say, well, yeah, go down there. She'll tell you anything you want to know. She knows everybody. So that's when he went in there, and then he said, what do you know about Delaplane? And this is where she just went. Oh, he's try- he killed that this person. He basically told her, yeah, he killed those guys, and uh, but he didn't do it himself. He hired these this group of men from uh, some from one of his other partners uh, that he was dealing with that ended up dead. And he goes, he hires um uh, the Invisible Man. She goes, there's some kind of killer force uh, that does all their dirty work for him. So that's when we find out who, well, we've seen them already, but we find out what they're called, and they're called the Invisible Men. And she tells him, she goes, yeah, he had uh, the guys that were working for him, He they had him kill their boss, and they also killed um, his uh, Delaplane's first wife because she was also... Uh, finding out what was going on. I think she was part of the, the situation, but she wasn't going along with um, her husband's plan, so he had her bumped out, uh, rubbed out, and then the Invisible Men did it, and plus Delaplane's original partner uh, before all the dirty work started, they they killed him as well. So he was like, ah, okay, now I know. So he basically knows why Delaplane, what he's trying to do, who he killed, all the people he murdered and or had get to had people murder them. And they all and she always finds yeah, and he goes, and the guy that they're having a, a a party for tonight or tomorrow night or whenever, uh, they're gonna kill him. And that was the guy that was like the head of the uh the auto workers union or alliance. What was it? What is it called? The AWA, the Auto Workers Alliance. He was the head of that. So he's like, Okay, so now he figures out he knows why, what's going on, he knows the plan, he knows that for some reason she knew he was gonna kill that guy at at the party again i don't know how she knew all this but i don't know i just people talk at a hair salon i guess and they do uh i remember sitting in uh my friend's uh, mom's um hair salon uh when i was little and we were just sitting there waiting and they talk and talk and tell everybody's business. <laughs> so <laughs> I assume someone came in there to get their hair did and they're just spilling everyone's business out into the streets. So that's how D knows. Um, do you think she wanted to bang him? 
Probably, because you know he's he's Jericho Jackson, Action Jackson. <laughs> I mean, Vanity still, was. yeah, Vanity still wants to bang him, and she's not even sure who he is, really. Yeah, so uh, we get he uh, Jackson goes back to the hotel. He goes up to the room, finds out Sydney's not in there. He runs. This is when he runs back downstairs and tells Kid Sable, "Hey, man, you got any dealers?" Uh, in this building, and he's like, man, I run a respect the real business. And he's like, come on, man. He goes, yeah, uh, third floor in room 30, whatever. <laughs> Take it easy on the door. So he goes up there, and this is when we they go in there. We see uh, Sonny, uh, Sonny Lanham with um, with Vanity, uh, Mr. Quick. He is the uh, the local um, or the, uh, the the hotel drug dealer, and he just looks all just dirty and sweaty and uh, with his Detroit, uh, his satin uh, Detroit Lions uh, jacket on. I love those old school satin jackets. I don't think mm-hmm. they make those anymore, but uh, they were awesome back in the day. I had a Raiders one. I think I have it somewhere around here, but eh, it don't fit me. Anyway, um, so he goes in there, and he's getting ready to juice her up. She hasn't. No, he. I think he did because she was kind of. A little trippy, so I think he he fixed her up, but I don't know if he was going to give her another uh, blast and then probably bang her or something because he just looked like uh, that type of guy. But Action Jackson comes busting in, and uh, they start fighting. And uh, Sydney's like, "You better be careful. This is Action Jackson." And <laughs> rest in peace, Sonny. But he, when he puts on the evil. He's evil. His laugh, uh, just his his voice and how he looks. And he was like, oh, this is him. And then he goes, I want to fuck you and kill you or whatever. And maybe not in that order, but whatever he said, they, <laughs> they ended up fighting. And they're kind of wrestling around. He pulls out a knife. He goes, I'm going to cut your fucking heart out or whatever that least says to him. And then uh, I don't know, Jack's like, come on, just watch your watch your language in front of the lady. Uh, and he, he jams him up against the wall trying to get that knife um, out of his hand. But then he sees it during the, the first struggle. Um, Mr. Quick had a syringe already loaded up, ready to rock. And he uh, while they were struggling, it got stabbed into the wall. So he, Ad Jackson grabs it, jams it into Mr. Quick's shoulder and pushes down the little plunger or compressor or whatever you call it. And uh, loads him up, and I don't know. It seemed like it just gave him more energy and juice because he went ah. He started laughing, and then they started <laughs> fighting, uh, and they're just beating the shit out of each other in this. While Vanity's just tripping out, not even really screaming or anything. But this stunt right here was awesome. Shout out to the stunt man. Uh, Sonny Lanham is a stunt man, but I, if that was him, cool. If it wasn't, I don't know who it was. But Jackson throws Mister Quick out the window. And he goes across from one from one building, uh, from the hotel across the, the alley, and he goes crashing into uh, another window. And again, whoever that stuntman is, uh, I don't know if he misjudged uh, his landing, but he goes through the window, but his legs like fold uh, <laughs> on the window sill. I was like, damn. Uh, again, that was a good stunt. Uh, during all this, um, Officer Biff and uh, uh, the other gentleman he's with, off- Officer Lack, they happen to be driving by and they see uh, Jericho or uh, Jackson's. Um, it was an Impala. I can't remember what year it was. Do you? No, but we we didn't even talk about how his car got stripped of oh, everything. Yeah. 
Oh, that's right, because they they it was just fresh. It was just red uh, rag top, and he kind of parks it in the alley when they go into that hotel, and it comes back and it's just stripped. <laughs> so it's basically on blocks, but. They see his car, and they're like, oh, well, maybe he's in here. So they kind of go in the alley to uh, check it out. And that's when you see uh, Mr. Quick go crash into the window and goes crashing into the other one. And then they look up there, and they see him. And I, I don't. they always do this in these type of films. They go, Jackson, or whoever they're searching for, the cops down on the floor, stay right there. <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay, no, of course they're going to run, but... Uh, they the, 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 those two officers go running upstairs, but uh, Jackson and, and Sydney is like, uh, "Well, we gotta get out of here, so let's jump." I don't know how. Oh, they were they were on the third floor because they were in room three or whatever. I don't know how it feels to land on top of a convertible, but I'm pretty sure it it looks like he went right through it and, and fell in the back seat, and it looked like whatever was under that part. Uh, of the the top uh, probably took more for it because that it was, it was a female stunt woman and she goes crashing onto that as well so other than they would have been laying there for a while but they jump up and go running did they oh they stole the police car yeah yeah was there a police chase or did they like just take off they just took off now i'm lost where did they go after this Oh, uh, I know they end up. I forgot how, but they end up getting caught by some people. Mm. And this is when um, Ed comes to help them out of nowhere because you you kind of forget all about Ed. Oh, they go to another bar. They've been going bars and left and right in this film. They go to another bar, and she goes in there and tries to scout out the. Um, You're right. Uh, was he a cop or was he another union guy? Uh, he was another union guy because you see him later at the dinner party. Okay, yeah, because he's um, oh that's right, yeah, we'll get to him again. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, you're so and so, and he goes, yeah, and he goes, yeah, well, you want to go out and have a good time? So I was like, yeah, but then, uh, I think on the way is when she tells him, no, you're gonna see uh, uh, was it? Did she say Delaplane was gonna be there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they go way out to some. Uh, industrial place. I don't know what they were building there, but they take him out there, and then he goes, well, where's Delaplane? And uh, this is when Jackson comes out, and he's like, oh, shit. So he tries to run, um, but then uh, I think the Delaplane, no, the uh, the Invisible Men, they, they ended up grabbing uh, Sydney, and then they, mm-hmm. and they grab him, uh, then they chain him up, and uh, basically going to torture and kill him. Delaplane shows up, tells him, all right, you guys foiled my plan uh, once again, but you're not going to foil the main plan I'm about to do. So basically, I'm going to kill you. Uh, I'm going to kill her. But before I kill her, I'm going to fuck her again. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was ruthless. I, still wasn't, I wasn't buying it. <laughs> I wasn't buying it, but he was ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, different times in the 80s, uh, boys and girls. So. Um and b- before they left that bar, uh, I assume uh, Ed must have been working at all kinds of different bars because he saw uh, Vanity and and, uh, and Jackson there, so he follows them to that place because they they chain up uh, um, Jackson and they say, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna burn you up and kill you." He tell 
again, I love it. And they, they always do these in film. Instead of just killing the whoever they're going to kill and, and leave it at that, they have to tell them their whole plan and what they were going to do. So basically, he told them, look, uh, you're going to be the one that's going to kill uh, the guy that we're, that we're going to kill that, that's not playing hardball uh, with them. I can't remember that uh, union guy's name. He goes, we're going to kill him, and we're going to blame. Uh, you're going to get the blame for it because uh, our invisible guy here, Gamble, which is another black gentleman, he's going to be dressed up just like you. So everyone's going to – this was ruthless right here. And he, because he, he told me, he goes, he's going to be dressed like you. So everyone's going to, going to know and think it was you. And he leans into him and he goes, cause to all these people, you guys all look the same. I was like, damn. <laughs> he, he said, no, cause all of my friends think you guys all look the same. So they, they, they would have just assumed it was a black guy uh, that did it. And Jackson is the one so he goes, but we're, they're going to find uh his, uh, we're going to find, he's going to get away, but we're going to find his body all charred up because um, I guess something was going to blow up and you're going to be in it and uh, it'll be your body that we find that, that they have in there because they had him tied up and they said, we're going to just burn you alive and then kill her and that'll be the end and, and I'll be the, the king of Detroit, of the auto workers union. So he tells them that whole plan. He ends up leaving. I got to go to the party. I'm out. And uh, he took Sydney with him, uh, with him. Yeah. yeah. So he took yeah. her. So he's there, and uh, he, uh, the invisible men, henchmen, guys. Well, a couple, no, three of them stayed stuck behind. So they're like, "All right." And then, of course, I got to do the one. Like, all right, we're uh, we're getting ready for a barbecue, and, <laughs> and that shit. So he pulled. I don't know what that was. If it was something that burns metal or or what, but it it looked like a blowtorch or something. Uh, yeah, because so they, they there's one scene I have a problem with when when Ed comes and he's he's beating everybody's ass and then him and uh to free Jackson he just pushes the little torch thing to the chain and that works like within seconds. I mean, yeah, I don't know I how hot, like, hot hot that thing was, but it was like. And then he was free. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's a movie, but that that is probably the one thing that I was just like, come on now. That was super quick. <laughs> but it was funny because they, they were getting ready to do it. And Jackson at this point thought he was done for because he, he there was no one there. He didn't think anyone knew he was there. But luckily, Ed followed him. Because right before they... Uh, about to burn them, you hear "Hello, I'm Mr. Ed," and they the camera goes up, and you see this uh, big uh, 275 uh, pound black man jumping off uh, a scaffold. It looked pretty high, and I don't know, 275 pounds onto your ankles might <laughs> broke something. <laughs> but again, it's a movie, everyone. <laughs> so he's the one that comes in and saves the day, roughs up uh, one of the dudes. Did. Did they did the was it two or three? I think it was three that stuck around. Um, I think so. Yeah, he killed all three of them. But how did the first two guys get killed? Did Ed? I think Ed. Yeah, I think Ed took them out real quick. Because and the, then go oh, ahead. No, he um after he jumped down on them and then he turns the the torch onto Jackson's little chains and they break. He breaks free. Uh, 
he turned that um that torch to uh, the the long haired blonde one because he was holding a gun and a a, a a gallon jug of gasoline, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I remember now. When he jumps down, he pushes the first guy. Um, that guy was in uh, another forty eight hours. He's the one that got shot when Eddie Murphy shot him in the in the knee in the bar. That was him. He gets pushed back onto uh, a control panel of some sort, and zzz, he gets electrocuted, and he burns up and dies. Yeah, because somebody's always got to die that way in these movies. Because they he they sprayed uh, or he sprayed paint all over him. So I mean, hmm. paint is flammable. So when he hit those electrodes, and, zzz, and then he ended up burning up. Then he turns that uh, blowtorch, um, or Jackson. He turns the blowtorch to the other dude, the other blonde guy. With the, uh, I've said this before. All henchmen have to have long blonde hair, and I have long hair, and I've been in fights with my hair down, and it it's no good. I, I, you just need your hair pulled back if you can get raw. But anyway, so he 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 turns that torso him, opens it up, it shoots a. I don't think that's what it's made for, but it turns into a flamethrower. It burns him up. He blows up because the the, the gas ignites that's in the, the little gallon thing that he's holding. And uh, that's when that other guy comes out with a gun and starts shooting at Ed and uh, Jackson. So they go running and, and hiding. And then this guy comes out uh, onto this like uh, balcony type of thing looking for them. Ed slams into him. Uh, that That is the guy that was in... Uh, I remember him from Die Hard. He was the... Uh, the evil uh, guy that was working uh, in the lobby um, in uh, at the bottom of the Nakatomi building. Mm, but in, okay. Anyway, so he he goes out there. He falls down. Uh, he drops his. I assume it was some kind of rocket launcher type of gun, and uh, Jackson picks it up and he's laying there. Because then he goes barbecue, huh? He goes, how do you like your ribs? And then or some stupid like that. And then he shoots out of him. He goes uh, up. As much as as much as I love this movie, this has to have the the worst one liners ever. But man, Carl Weathers, man, he he delivered them with conviction. Every <laughs> single one of them. So I was like, oh my god, it was stupid, but it was funny. So. Uh, all those three uh, of those invisible guys were dead. So now uh, they know they have to get to the Delaplane place uh, for the party to try to stop uh, the assassination of whatever that head guy's name was. So Jackson comes up with a plan, which we don't see. They just kind of show up uh, at the at the the, the party. Um, it's Kid Sable, um, Jackson, and um, Albert. That that was the kid's name. Okay, the the little young kid that was scared of Jackson, but he's finally helping him. Uh, they're all suited up in their tuxedos, and, and they go into it. And basically, all right, we need to find uh, this guy, and let's uh, look for the um, the the assassin dude that's going to shoot him. So we see uh, Gamble. Uh, he's got uh, Jackson's red shirt on that he's been wearing the whole movie, and he's uh, posted up in this tree. Uh, with a sniper gun trying to take out, uh, I can't even not remember that guy's name, but whoever the head guy was. So they realize that, that, that something's happening because uh, 
some of the the the, the dudes, the guards or whatever in the front of, uh, front of the place weren't there because some lady comes in. Hey, we, there was nobody up front uh, parking cars, and that's when they'll. Oh well, I'll I'll do something about it. And he turns to um, uh, Al Leong. What was his name? Oh, it just says Delaplane chauffeur. Uh, he turns to him. Hey, there's something wrong. Go up there and, and see what's going on. So uh, uh, the chauffeur and John Libby's uh, Brian Libby's character Marlin they go running up to the front to see what's happening. And uh, uh, they see Jackson. Delplane sees Jackson in there and is about to go down. And then they do see the um, uh, the sniper in the tree. So they go running over there and try to to, to stop him. Uh, they know all heck's about to break loose because people start moving around. The, the 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 sniper guy takes a shot. He does end up hitting his target, but he moved and he got he just took one to the shoulder. So he kind of goes down and everyone's running around screaming, trying to get away. How did he kill him? The guy in the tree that was shooting. I don't remember. <laughs> so much was happening. Yeah, well, he um uh fuck uh he goes over to them and there's like lights in the tree. Uh, the the like not Christmas tree lights, but just lights for the party. Mm-hmm. He kind of gets something like that and like wraps it around that guy somehow and pulls him down off the tree. He falls onto the fence and gets um like uh shish kebabbed or by the by the fence because it's like two of the of the steel rods go through him so he's there dead and i think he said a one-liner but i don't remember it was probably something stupid but <laughs> he goes running he goes running after delaplane and then uh delaplane goes running upstairs and then you you hear vanity screaming jackson out of the top uh out of one of the top floor windows so Jackson sees her, but this is this part was probably my favorite in, in the whole thing. You talking uh, about the Kid Sable part? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Al Leon goes running up, and Kid Sable jumps up in front of him. And uh, Kid Sable is known for um, his footwork in the ring. Uh, clearly, it wasn't him. <laughs> so he goes, "Hey, man, where you going?" And then he he looks at him, and they, the camera goes down to his feet, and you hear him. You hear just his footwork that what boxers do, and then he kind of clocks him and knocks him down. He falls back. It looks like he's getting ready to pull out a gun. All of a sudden, you hear a gunshot. Um, the Delplane chauffeur, Alion, goes flying back with bullet holes in his chest. Uh, Kid Sable turns around, and uh, Detective Carterwell, he's played by Jack uh, Therabu, or Th- I don't know how to say his last name. But him, I, he's another guy that's been in, in a ton of films, and I loved him. I liked him in this. He's usually the asshole guy in, in his movies, but he was yeah. a good guy in this one. Yeah, I liked him in this because he was like, aren't you Kid Sable? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, I thought that was you. <laughs> he goes, you're Kid Sable, aren't you? Goes, you better believe it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Because uh, he's the one uh, that gave uh, Jackson the gun. He goes, he looks up. He they see that Delaplane's causing all this shit. He looks up, and then he looks at Jackson. You know, I gotta take you in. And then he goes, "Oh fuck it," and throws him his gun. And Jackson goes running off. Uh, earlier, I gotta jump back or go back a little bit. Earlier in the film, there was a commercial for this car called uh, "Fuck uh, Haley." I think that's what it was called, like kind of like Haley's Comet type of thing. Uh, I don't know what kind of car it was, some little red sports car, but um, they had one on display at the party. Uh, in the commercial, it was like 
fast, faster, fastest, and Haley's convertible, or I don't know, something stupid like that. So Jackson's like, oh, man, I got to get up there. Instead of just running up the, the stairs to, to, to save the girl and save the day, he gets in that little car. Mind you, this is a party with, like, hundreds of people there, everybody running in every direction. He gets in that car, happens to not hit anyone at the party, crashes into the, uh, into the house, and then and he goes fast, and yeah, he's racing. And right before he goes up the stairs, faster, and he, he goes driving up these stairs. Um, I've never been in a big mansion before, and I don't know how wide the hallways are. Clearly, you can see they made this 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 hallway for this scene. because. And then he goes fastest, and he goes hauling ass down the hallway in this car and crashes into uh, Delaplane's uh, bedroom where he's got vanity was he about to bang her again? I, th- I, th- I think he was just going to drug her up, and I don't know if he was going to get a quick one in, but he was definitely going to kill her. <laughs> so he goes crashing in there. He jumps out of the car. Uh, they got their guns drawn on on each other, but then they have to do the, come on, let, let, let's take this hand-to-hand. And, of course, you got to get the, the last action scene because earlier in the film we see uh, Delaplane kicking ass when he beat up the the Asian gentleman. He's basically his teacher's instructor, and some of it was Craig T. Nelson because I mean it's just hard to not uh, have just a complete body double. But those did not look like his legs when he was throwing those kicks. <laughs> oh, you you know when it's not him. <laughs> Because I mean, basically, the back of whoever whoever the body double is, his head is not as big as Craig T. Nelson's, or not yeah, even I, the, I, the right shape. I, yeah, I was about to say, I felt like the, the whoever the stunt guy was was a lot thinner. <laughs> but I mean, they were both bringing them hands, both of them. When you could see that it was Craig T. Nelson, and that was Carl Weathers the whole way, I believe. But um, other well, yeah, uh, Delaplane was was bringing it to him. Pretty much beating mm-hmm. his ass the whole fight, uh, but then Carl Weathers he must have heard that bell, and then he just goes into Apollo Creed mode and just left rights, left rights, uppercuts and all that. And then gives him a kick, and that part once he kind of jumped into his boxing mode, that mm-hmm. it was like so fast because Carl Weathers is quick. And if you guys have seen Rocky, you know how quick his hands are. So he goes flying back, and they both uh, basically he knows he goes I can't beat him with my fist or my kicks. So he grabs his gun. Uh, Delaplane grabs his gun. Uh, Jackson grabs his gun. They did both do the famous slow mo shootout and uh, uh, action. Jackson pumps two two slugs into uh, Delaplane's chest. Uh, Jackson takes one to the shoulder, and they both go down. And that's pretty much. The end of Delaplane. Vanity comes running up. Ah, oh, this this to me this was another part where I was like, really no. Here she was hurting earlier in the film, like maybe like the day before. I don't know how long it takes you to to detox from heavy drugs. Uh, plus she, I think she did. No, I don't think she. He was about to drug her up. She wasn't drugged up yet. 
Mm. But she's like, oh, I just quit cold turkey, so I'm better. Yeah, right. I was like, you would have been ah, hurting and and everything. Because earlier she was like, oh, my teeth hurt. My head feels like. Yeah. The day before you was going through everything. But now you just, I'm quit cold turkey. Happy ending. Yeah, I'm going to quit cold turkey and uh, Thanksgiving uh, later. Well, I'd rather have it sooner than later. So <sighs> I don't know if I would want to bang some junkie that's banging whoever's going to give it to her, but all right. <laughs> and, yeah, happy ending. I'm surprised there wasn't a freeze frame ending because uh, that was the end of the movie. Oh, uh, before we get out of here. Um, uh, Bill Duke's character, Captain Armbruster, Brewster, or whatever, he comes in and sees all that. We see uh, Jericho just bleeding out of his shoulder and Delplane laying there dead. He goes, all right, Jack Jackson, because I'm going to want a, a full report on my desk tomorrow morning. And he's like, tomorrow morning? Yes, tomorrow morning, Lieutenant. And then he's like, oh, yeah. So they get all happy, and then the movie's over. Yeah. I don't think it would have happened that quick, but no cold Turkey back to Lieutenant paperwork in the morning. Happy ending. Yep. So within the next, let's give them 10 hours other than going to the hospital and getting bullets pulled out of you, out of your, or at least stitched back up, then going home, crushing it, then filling out your uh, police report and then turn it in. I don't think it could be done, but he's action. Jackson. He could do whatever he wants, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I'd have been slamming some junkie. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, hell no, I wouldn't have went to work the next day. Man, I just got shot, dude. I'm done all drugged out from the pain painkillers. But overall, this movie is awesome. And what do you give it for a score? Um, coming to the realization that this is probably really my first watch of it. I fucking loved it. I'm going to give it a straight 8 out of 10. I love the action. Uh, just Carl Weathers kicks ass. I mean, I, I I see what you're saying. You know, I might not have liked the, the one-liners, but he, he did deliver them the best he could. They might not have been written the best they could, but... He gave him the best he could. Um, I did. I kind of like uh, Craig T. Nelson as a uh, villain in this one. And um, this movie just made me wish there there was some way because this is set in Detroit. I wish we would have got an Axel Foley, Axon Jackson kind of tango and cash movie. They were talking about they wanted to turn this into a franchise because they at, at this point uh, they wanted a uh we already had a few uh, Beverly Hills Cops films. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted another, uh, a well-known uh, black actor to be the the next big thing, action star-wise. So Carl Weathers was is who they chose. I thought they could have done this. I mean, watching this now, like I said, I probably really didn't care for it when I first saw it. But watching it again, I kind of wish they wanted, they did turn this into somewhat of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Give us an Action Jackson too. Yeah, give us an Action uh, Jackson in Africa or something like that. How they did Shaft and everything. I mean, just something. Yeah. I thought would have been cool, but it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, because uh, almost twenty-one million off of a seven million dollar budget. That that's not too bad for for the eighties. 
And especially for all the explosions and and mm. the the practical gunshot effects. I mean, that's that was a lot. I mean, what, what is how much seven million? Wait, how how many million? I'm sorry, seven seven million dollar budget. Seven million. That's nothing. I mean, well, in the movie money today, it's nothing. But back then, I mean, you you think about it. they 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 did a lot. I mean, I guess it was cheaper to do what they did in this film back in the eighties. Let's say eighty seven when they filmed this uh, for seven million dollars. Uh, the explosions, the just the the car crashes, just everything that they did in this thing, blowing up boats and throwing body, burning bodies out of windows and and everything. I mean, that's. I I wonder how much the the actors got paid to be in this because seven million dollars usually, I mean, what? I don't think no no one was really getting millions uh, at this point in the eighties. I doubt. I doubt it. So, but I mean, I'm sure he just took it as all right. That with the idea of this was going to be uh, a franchise and a series. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't get that much. Maybe he just got like to be generous. Let's just say a hundred thousand. Maybe not even that, but <laughs> to to be in this film, but. Yeah. Uh, this movie. I didn't even give my score. I'm gonna go up a little bit. I'm gonna give it a eight point five. No, fuck that. I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah, I had some <laughs> some uh, some gripes about this film, but I mean, I this is just an amazing and fun film to watch for just what it is. I mean, the, at least the story would had a. It was a good story. Uh, about the auto workers union officials and everything and and all that i loved that part of it that's detroit because in that time i don't know how it is now uh, in detroit with the auto industry but then i mean that's uh it was going strong uh back then so uh, i really liked all that and to just some guy to just basically take out all the competition and be uh, the number one dude. Um, I assume like he had his car dealers and he had his cars being made there, so I'm sure he wanted to be uh, number one and all that. But mm-hmm. I mean, the story was there, the action was there. Um, probably my biggest gripe are the one-liners. They just they didn't write good ones for him. How do you like your ribs? What did uh, the the captain say? Um, you almost uh, tore that that boy's arm off. And Jackson goes, "So he had a spare." I was like, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> uh, but he he said it with conviction, man. He he did it. He he did. He he read what was on the script and put it out. So nothing against Carl Weathers. He's an amazing actor, and uh, I just wish there was more of these. Um, I I know he did a um a TV series that, that only aired like a few episodes. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it was it was in the eighties, and uh, he he was it was kind of like this show. He he was a, a cop. Um, let me see if I can remember. Oh, it was it was right before this? Uh, well, before Predator, Fortune Dane. Do you remember that? It was in '86. <clears throat> no, I don't remember that one. It there there wasn't many episodes. They said six episodes, and then they canceled it. Because then after that, he did Predator, and then he did 
Axon Jackson. Yeah, see, uh, uh, canceled due to failing to compete with NBC's The Golden Girls in 227. Yeah, those were those were some heavy hitters, uh, especially The Golden Girls. Um, I think 227 is uh, uh, syndicated on some channel. I know I see it every now and then. That was when I fell in love with uh, What's-Her-Face, uh, Regina King. <laughs> She's older than me, so I was young at that time. And then uh, what did it for me was um, she had her dookie braids in Boys in the Hood. And then when she came back in Poetic Justice, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like those uh, those gals. <laughs> but, <laughs> Poetic uh, Justice. Brush that weak-ass fade. <laughs> She was ruthless, man. I know we're supposed to be talking action, but when she was riding uh, <laughs> Chicago, dude, I'm sure he was giving it his all, but she rolled her eyes on him. I was like, oh, damn. What the fuck Regina- wrong with you? You take steroids or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm fucking somebody else. <laughs> I was like, damn. Uh, Regina King, you're listening. I love you. You can do no wrong in my eyes, but Carl Weathers, uh, awesome actor. Uh, can't wait to see him back in uh, season two of The Mandalorian as Grief Karga. Uh, we, we thought he was bad in the beginning, but then he turned out to, to be good at the end. So I hope um, uh, he's got a bigger role in, in this uh, next season of The Mandalorian. But Action Jackson, everybody, if you guys have not seen it, it's streaming on Stars. And it's it's all in the name, because that that's what you get in this film. It's it's awesome. Eighty eight, uh, late eighties action. Mm-hmm. Again, I wish he would have done more uh, <clears throat> on his own uh, with this type with this character, really. And they they just it just didn't work. Because I'm looking at the stuff after. I don't ever. Th- think he's been in something where he was the the main guy a lot of tv stuff uh movies he's done but he was just um one of the side actors yeah uh all right everyone that's uh cobra and action jackson two awesome films from the 80s um i think this is the one i couldn't wait to talk about because it was just so awesome, and uh, I'm I'm really glad we did this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is part of the show. Uh, tell the listeners what you got coming. Um. Oh, what do we got? Jeez, uh, uh, another record, another re- regular episode of uh, E Society, and. Not really sure what else. Uh, I know that's coming. We it should have been out, but uh, it just didn't happen. Uh, life gets in the way. Uh, we both mm-hmm. work, so it's kind of hard to uh, put something together. But um, I wanted to talk about vanity really quick, but I just erased the the page I was on. <laughs> Uh, Vanity, Denise Williams. 
uh, one of uh, the protégés of Prince, the late and great Prince. Um, Vanity, she was born on January 4th, uh, 1959 in uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario, in Canada. And she passed away February 15th, 2016, at the age of 57 in Fremont, California. Um, not sure from what. Uh, um, kidney failure. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was. I know she just had a wild ride hanging out with Prince and just doing the, the music thing and just being the stars. Uh, and the fame just got to her because mm, she, she she was was doing drugs and everything as well. Well, it did say it does say she was with Nikki Six for like a year. Yeah, and I'm sure that was a big drug fest. If you guys have seen the dirt or read that book, uh, you know how they rolled uh, in those days. Because <laughs> I remember her. I remember that once you said that. Now I remember that. Um, I remember she was I was she was on MTV for something and she goes, Oh, I hear you're engaged and you're gonna be Vanity Six and she's like, Yeah, I'm, uh I'm hanging out with Nikki and I'm like, Oh man, he probably had everybody in the world, but uh I remember she this was uh news that that uh like MTV news and all that happened that they, they brought her up and she quit going by the name Vanity. She was just going by Denise uh William Matthews. And she found Jesus, and she was just trying to clean herself up. And then I assume all that stuff started to happen, and she passed away from kidney failure. Uh, I remember a friend of mine, he saw her. She was getting on an airplane. And he was like, whoa, vanity. And she went, Denise. And I was like, he went, ooh, I'm sorry. And then she just got on the plane. (laughs) I was like, damn. (laughs) Uh, But. It's kind of hard when you are famous for a name and then you want to get away from all that. But she did leave us uh, with some songs. So, I mean, she's definitely, um, she put her mark uh, other than in acting. She she had done a lot of, a lot of small things, nothing uh, huge. Uh, I do remember her in, other than Last Dragon and Action Jackson, she was also in... Um, that one eighties horror film, uh, the Terror Train was that it? Yeah, in mm-hmm. nineteen eighty, she was in that. Um, I just recently watched that. I know I've seen that movie a million times. I did not realize she was in that until my last uh, uh, watch of it. Definitely, a uh, Terror Train is something that uh, E Society uh, or I'm going to cover. Diesel probably won't watch any of these films. Uh, with the 31 Days of Horror. Those are coming up soon. We're in September now. Uh, she's done a lot of movies, but I think she's only mainly well-known well more for last, uh, The Last Dragon as well as uh, Action Jackson. She's done other things, but um, she didn't do much. Uh, pretty much her main film career was in the 80s, and she did like three films in the 90s, uh, or four, I'd say. But yes, she is definitely missed. And uh, rest in peace, Vanity, or I'm sorry, Denise uh, Matthews. And um, as well as, what was the secretary's name uh, in the film? Uh, uh, the lady from a billion other movies. I can't remember her name. Oh, shit. 
God damn it. It's going to kill me now. Yeah, I, I, I won't be able to sleep until I remember. Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah, her. So. Rest but, in peace to her. Uh, rest in peace to uh, Kid Sable. <laughs> Kid Sable. Uh, somebody uh, else. There's a bunch of other ones. I'm sure there's more in there, but. Uh, Sunny Landum. Yeah. Sunny. Oh, that was a sad story. Even Arnold tried to help him, but I don't know why he couldn't pay for everything, but I don't know. But anyway, Action Jackson, Cobra, awesome films. East Society, just regular episode coming pretty soon. Uh, as soon as um, we can get it recorded. Uh, I know you guys just dropped uh, your Bill and Ted uh, trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all, also going to be, uh, well, I'm going to be talking about that uh, on the next East Society because um, I don't think uh, the Zisu seen it. Uh, as well as the New Mutants and what was that movie the app not absolute power project power as well as uh, a movie you guys uh, talked about a little bit uh, on horror returns um one br oh, okay i checked okay. that one out and I've, i knew i i trust you but if, if lance liked it uh, of course <laughs> I, I gotta see this <laughs> i was shocked with his uh with his um uh him liking uh, spoiler alert if you guys haven't heard uh, the new the latest or returns uh that he liked um bill and ted face the music and uh i did not agree with his uh score for uh bogus journey yeah uh it, like me and philip go back and forth he always says you but i'm like lance i don't know where that guy's going with his score sometimes <laughs> Yeah, I he made it sound he kind of fooled me. I thought he was gonna hate it, but now nah, he turned it around. But uh, definitely listen to that episode if you guys haven't yet. And where we'll be in next few days, probably after this comes out, when the next E Society will be out. So everyone got nothing else. Just check us out whenever you can. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, just search E Society, and you'll see. You'll find everything that is us. So. Uh, until next time, everyone, um, thank you so much for listening, and that's it on my end. So until then, until next time, uh, be safe, wear your masks, and uh, party on, dude. Yep, and uh, just real quick, um, we got the John Carpenter Apocalypse Trilogy coming on the Horror Returns, and on the next episode of the Action Returns, we are doing... 1986's Raw Deal and 1988's Red Heat Arnold episode. Ooh, I have to dig out my Raw Deal. I just bought Red Heat on uh, 4K. So, in the reason of open it up, I just bought it, put it on the shelf like I do with every other movie. <laughs> All right, everybody, and until the action returns, be safe.